0: Great Lakes Guitar Pickups provides fantasy tones at prices of Practical Guitars to a love. Featuring top-notch construction, attention to detail, and a fully custom product, if you can dream it, Great Lakes Guitar Pickups can probably build it. Follow them on Facebook at facebook.com slash Pickups. Are you a regular listener? Why not? David here reminding you of all the ways you can participate in the Practical Guitars Podcast. Subscribe using your chosen podcast app. Review us on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or Google Play. Find our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash guitars or on Twitter as at Support the show. Merchandise is available in our threadless store at practicalguitarspodcast.threadless.com and donate to us via Patreon available at patreon.com slash practical guitars. Reach out to us directly via email at questions at practicalguitarist.com. Hello, Jim.
1: Hello, David.
0: Did You like the earthquake? Yeah, I saw that. It was yeah, it was terrible. Sorry.
1: The birds were flying off in the middle of the
0: earthquake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were flying off to uh, you know look for shelter and safety. Yeah. Um, view, um, since the coronavirus
1: has come, I've had to switch beers. Yeah, I he's told drinking you this
0: Modelo Negro.
1: Yep, Negro Modelo.
0: So you're drinking uh, the no. dark, the dark Modelo. Apparently, I they it's actually a no
1: one. yeah, it's actually Negro. Negro.
0: Oh. Oh, I thought it was Negro uh yeah this negra you're right that's dark in spanish i don't know a little bit of spanish believe it or not
1: did i ever tell you how i learned the word the word for beer did i
0: ever tell that story no cerveza
1: okay so i was in yeah cerveza right so i was in uh, uh puerto rico i think um or i was in uh south america is i don't is know is this a podcast in,
0: appropriate story oh yeah yeah this one's
1: podcast <laughs> usually his <usually> story <laughs>
0: south of the border and end badly yeah th- <laughs> those are ones that are
1: patreon only the,
0: um, so i was
1: in uh i, I want to say i was in south america but i'm, I, I'm pretty sure I, we were right on the um, equator i think anyway so we're down there and uh because we did our crossing line ceremony and all this other stuff and i went out for a beer right and I had a couple of beers and the next morning, I, I don't have to have a lot of beer to look bad the next day. Two is enough.
0: And yeah, so I mean, he had, he had like one today and his, and his beard fell off.
1: Oh my God. It did. It's it gone. <laughs> I'm clean shaven. It's like
0: it was never there.
1: <laughs> so um, I went to, uh, I, I went out, had a couple of beers. Like I said, come back. We have a, we have a gun um, uh, firing safety brief that we're doing the next morning. And the XO says, hey, chief, how you doing? And I said, oh, I'm all right. And he goes, you look pretty rough. And I've got a big old instead of coffee. I've got a big old glass of water. And I'm just chugging water down. And he says, uh, geez, did, you, did you have too much cerveza last night? I said, yeah, I've never had that kind of beer. He goes, what? And I said, yeah, I've never had cerveza. I've always had beer when I went out. And he goes, he just looked at me and goes, do you know what cerveza means? I said, well, obviously, it's a local brand of beer. Because that's <laughs> <laughs> That is beer, you dumbass. <laughs> he goes. That is the word for beer. It took me a few minutes to realize that what I what I would, that there was a different word for beer in South America. I'm thirty three years old at this point. Maybe thirty two years old when,
0: go, what when this idea?
1: happens to me.
0: Uh, I did the alchemy, alchemy audio pedal building class. Oh, how was that? uh it was actually it was a really good learning experience i learned how to solder again and yeah. uh, learned how to solder properly and actually didn't make a complete idiot of myself uh, <laughs> we put together um which is basically a Zen drive, which is like uh-huh. maybe 20 components yeah, uh, yeah three different boards ribbon connectors the whole shebang to make everything clean and look neat and to function properly and uh we did it and it, it actually went really smoothly my build was together in about four hours and mine tested perfectly the first time. So maybe I've learned enough over the years that nice. I'm not a complete moron when it comes to nope. building things and soldering only, connections and
1: Yep. I'm only a
0: When I made those XLR cables a couple of weeks ago, I yeah. reversed the leads on one cable like four or five times. I just could not like perceive to get it right. Um, right. Good Saturday project. Not a yep. good like Monday night project, <laughs> and that, no. that was basically what was <laughs> going on there. Um, but that was cool. They had they hosted in the back of a coffee house, there was like five or six people there, and it was a it was a good experience. Um, anybody in the Chicago area, uh, if you like Alch- Alchemy Audio's Facebook page, they do post these events and they do it frequently. I think they do it like once a quarter or something. So, um, do you do this
1: online while they're uh, or do you no, go there?
0: If you go there. And oh, you guys, physically went? Yeah, Alchemy is oh, in that. Chicago, so they oh, cool. They rent like they rent like this uh, conference room in a coffee house, uh-huh. and then you go there and you put together pedals. They bring your kit, they bring soldering iron, they bring you know all the stuff you need to do it, um tools. Which that's another stupid thing. They they brought out tools, and I was like, I have one of these, and I'm like, that's just for poking <laughs> stuff, right? And he's like, no, and then uh- he shows me what it's used for, and I'm like, this is genius. Like, I don't know why I never really figured out what this was used for, but I said, this right here is genius. And I said, this is worth a hundred bucks alone. So, and it's only a hundred bucks. The kits are about 80 bucks on their own. So to go and do, you know, to do it in a classroom setting and actually get like advice from the instructor and learn um, the proper way to do things from a guy that basically tears down pedals all day long. right? Um, Alchemy Audio, Audio is famous for their modding and repair business. And they repair all kinds of crazy like effects pedals. Um, Oh, in fact, I think they've even done some surface mount stuff. So, Mm -hmm. but, uh, Oh, yeah. So, um, it's just, you know, I, (laughs) my wife just walked in with an iPad to show me something. (laughs) So apologies, apologies, everyone. Uh, there was not awkward sounds there. I would highly recommend alchemy audios class to anybody who's interested in taking it, especially pure beginners. I walked in, I would built three pedals over a span of like five or six years. And, yep. uh, I still learn stuff. So for somebody who's an absolute beginner, this is probably the way to go. And he asked me wow. what I thought on the way out. And I basically told him, he said in 10 years of looking at forms, I learned more than more in three hours of your class than I've learned in yeah. 10 years of looking at guitar forms online. Um, I think that, so
1: yeah, We've talked about this way earlier in the podcast we talked about this. So there tends to be in a forum there tends to be a person who's never actually had a stratocaster who knows everything about stratocasters or who yeah. has never had a Gibson SG who knows everything about Gibson SG. They know uh, all the problems, they know everything that went
0: wrong, they know the can, can I share an SG anecdote? Yeah. I when I was looking to buy an SG and I was looking to find out information about buying an SG, I found a um an SG that uh, in a forum, right on on like uh, Les Paul forums or somebody like that, and yeah. this guy's like, I would never buy an SG because I had one years ago that the neck joint folded on me while I was playing on stage. What? Yeah.
1: Okay. What? what? What did you have? A, a, an Epiphone special SG? I mean, that is SG, nervous, though madness.
0: That is no, d- not even Epiphone, dude. The glue joint is more solid than the wood. That is that's, absolute that's, madness. That's what I mean. It would have.
1: First of all, what did you have? Like twenty-five gauge strings? I mean, that yeah. you you literally had to have like
0: bass guitar
1: strings. Maybe he was bending like the neck. Yeah. You
0: know, like that's the only way yeah, that could yeah. happen. That's yeah. absolutely nuts. So, yeah, yet, you get those kinds of people that, that are like, oh, yeah. yeah, you should never buy this because something that never actually happened. Yeah. Don't believe uh, what you read on the Internet. Please don't. Stop it. If,
1: <laughs> if Tony Iommi can, can use his neck joint like this as a bending night after night after night, yeah. I'm pretty sure that the average user can get away with that and the, and the neck isn't. I'm just saying, you really, really have to
0: pound on There was no no neck folding. That was complete fantasy. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I'm sure that a a headstock has cracked in the past, but.
0: That happens. Uh, I was at a guitar store the other day and they pulled a guitar out of the box and had a crack in it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Been there. I've done it. I've done it. I'm sure. Um, Can I share my guitar shop story today? Yeah. So I went to Good Time Music um, in Streamwood, Illinois, and I I tout their shop all the time. They have excellent customer service. Some of the people that work there are actually in our group. They participate in our community. Um, mm-hmm. And I went out there today to talk to Jeff Biesiadzki, who's in our community, right. and uh, basically just kind of like hang out for a little bit. I wanted to. Um, I brought my camper. I brought my whole rig, and we were going to sit down and we were going to dial in some patches. Mm-hmm. Now here's the funny part. So I already had like some patches I knew we could play around with, and. Right. When I got there, Jeff was like, okay, let's, you know, we did a couple other things and then we put the camper on and, um, we'll get to those other things in a moment. But, um, he, he sat down with me for a minute and he goes, where's your compressor? And I showed him how to dial up a compressor and he goes, well, how do I, how do I control where it's at the signal chain? I showed him how, and he goes, he goes, okay. Uh, he puts a compressor on, he sets it like subtly right after my amp drive. And then he goes into the um, he goes into the uh, amp block settings and he turns down the compression there. Right. And it was like night and day different. He's like, "Turn the compressor on, turn the compressor off, which one do you prefer my like, compressor on? And yeah, uh, and it was funny because I'd experimented with it, but my settings were always like more they were more obvious. And I didn't manipulate the compression on the amp block itself, right that was a that was a uh, problematic issue. Um and then so, as a result of all that, um we were able to just dial in some patches real quick and just kind of mess around with some of the basic settings inside the kemper to get some things going. And we got it sounding, I would say like twenty percent or I mean, probably ten to twenty percent better just by messing around with compression after the amp. and yep. it was it was like a real eye-opening moment for me because. part of the reason why i think we were getting the benefit we were because we had a conversation about it afterwards i'm running into the head rush cab right so it's a little eight inch speaker behind me and we're kind of like nerfing the bass by bringing up the treble using compression and as soon as we do that it starts to sound more like a real cabinet right like in a scary way Um, and i know ret did his video about this and i kind of poo-pooed it i don't know if i did that on the show or if i did that to you personally jim but I think it was just us. I think it was the. I think it was more because of the way that he portrayed it as being like, oh, well, this is going to make it like power amp sag. I don't think that's exactly what it does. I think it's more about the frequency balance, Mm -hmm. um, which would which would occur naturally in a in a guitar amp cab. Um, Mm -hmm. And of course, we talked about the high and low end roll offs. Um, He said, you know, and and he's right when you when you plug the Kemper into an amplifier, you really don't want a high end a high end or low end roll off. Right. You only want that on the stuff that's going out to the PA. Yep. So it's it was interesting. I, I Some some considerations that I have to kind of like wrap my head around in terms of how I'm going to use the the uh, Kemper when I go into PA situations. But right. I will say, um, I mean, that's the kind of customer service you get out there is they're willing to take a product they don't sell. And right, right. Just kind of and walk you through like, you. you know, how to get it 10% or twenty percent better because they know at the end of the day, like when I do buy gear, I'll come there first. And I do. Um, yeah. So the other thing is, uh, so we tried the, uh, the Zen drive, right? We found it, at least in my opinion, it worked better as a boost than it does as a drive mm. pedal. Um, and then we, there was one other thing we did, and this is what I really wanted to share. Oh, I got to play the new Mark five, the uh, Mark V 25, 10 inch combo. Uh, that thing is like a really little cool grab and go combo. Now, your original suggestion that the 10-inch speaker wouldn't work for you. I don't think the 10-inch speaker would work for you. Um I didn't think so. But <coughs> it's punchy. It in a jam situation where you just need to grab and go combo, like if you're do you know, if you live in the city or whatever and you're gonna take it to jam night, um, it's really convenient. That cabinet is so small, like the pictures don't do it justice. It's it's like the size of a 12-inch speaker. Um and it sounds just as good as a regular Mark V, but it's, an, it's got a uh, ten-inch cream back in it. Now, yeah. my inclination walking away from playing this was, I'm going to get a one by twelve open back cabinet, and I'm going to put a cream back in it. I mean, that's honestly the the twelve-inch cream I mean, back. Yeah. I think is where I'm headed because that speaker sounded really good in that amp, um, and it wasn't it, like what it was missing. I would get from getting the twelve-inch for sure, absolutely one hundred percent. And I probably do the Lone Star cab because it's got a little bit more depth. So right. it'll be a bigger cabinet, a little bit more depth. Yeah. It'll, it'll breathe properly. And it'll be a lot warmer and, and 3d oh stereo thing. Um, so I'll share my anecdote, the story that, that went on there. Cause there's always, dude, I'm always there like four or five hours on there. So I see uh-huh. something every time I see something that I'm like, this either irritates me or I have an interaction with somebody where I'm like, huh? Or something like this so um and i guess this is me realizing and i was was talking to to jeff actually about it me kind of realizing that um people don't know as much as you think they do uh anyway this this uh lady comes in and she's got i I don't know if her boyfriend or bandmate or whatever um they come in and uh they got or they they immediately go to the counter they go do you guys have a Moore GE, I think it's 300, uh, yep, which, yep. which serves me the is, early like, is like a modeling thing, right? Right. Um, the Moor GE
1: 300 is like the, the Line 6 Pod versus the Helix. Yeah, because right. you got the 3,000 that's got all the...
0: Right. Thousands. They're wanting one, they're one, one, right? And so I'm like, that's kind of an odd thing to come into a mom and pop asking for first off. But yeah. like, so... Jeff politely tells him, he says, because, uh, you know, Jeff's a good sales guy. He politely tells him, he says, you know, we don't, we don't carry those. We don't have any stock. Um, I guess they have had some more stuff in there before. Um, but he was like, he's like, yeah, we're there, we're not a dealer for them. And, you know, it's really difficult for us to get in what we had before. And like, so um, we, w- what is it you're looking for? Like, maybe we have another product that you might, you might be interested in. And she says, well, she's like, I've got a Roland GR 55 synth. So she's got a guitar with a synth thing attached to it and she's like i wanted to get the Moor ge3 or whatever or 300 or whatever it was because it's got um, polyphonic synth capability built into the unit and i was like i i'm sitting there and i'm listening to this conversation i'm going what like you're gonna trade a gr55 or you're gonna you're gonna shelve your gr55 for a moore ge300 because i had one right i had one several wow. years ago um, and, um, I mentioned to her, I was like, well, you know, that has a hex pickup. And I said, that tracks really well. I was like, you, I, in my experience, any of these other synth pedals don't really track that well. Not as well as the GR 55 does because it's yep. got a hex pickup, right? Like it's designed for that. You get a specific like setup that's designed to work with that unit. Um, right. And so is where, you know, we kind of converse a little bit and, um, I mentioned, well, you know, Bosch does have some stuff that will track better, like the SY3, uh, which is their, you know, compact synth pedal, and the SY300, and then the uh, SY, or the SY500, rather, and then the SY1000, right? Um, and Jeff knew a lot more about the 1000, and of course, we were talking back and forth about that and kind of like giving her an idea of what those are like. She goes, well, but none of them just do regular amp modeling. And Jeff goes, "Well, actually, the SY1000 does, Um right. But he says, you know, I I think there was some caveat, like it has to be through the the 13 pin cable." Um, and he asked her, kind of like, I, I don't know whether he asked her or came up in conversation, but she basically said, "Like, I just want to get cables off the floor." So that I'll come back to that in a minute because that's that's going to come up. So the interaction continues, and. Everything's positive and the guy's with, guy that's with her says, you know, I just got the head rush and like it's great and I cleaned up all the stuff on the floor and I used to have this Mason Boogie thing and like a 2x12 cabinet and I'm tired of lugging all this crap around. So I kind of snicker, and I, 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 I'm i trying to keep my cool but I'm like you're a musician. You're going to have to carry some gear. It's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's, you're not going to get out of it. You know, you might lower the amount of gear you're carrying. Ter- and he kind of looked at me funny and I said well my rig's sitting over there. And I said, I'm using a modeling rig. And I said, I still have a road case. I still have a guitar. I still have um, a bag full of pedals. Or not pedals, cables. Um, and I said, sometimes I take a pedal ward too. And I said, on top of that, I got a powered speaker. And in a true gig situation, I'd also have a 1x12 cabinet behind me. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you know, um, this is this is kind of weird. So he kind of... He kind of looked at me, he's like, well, you know, he's like, we can always strive for it. And I'm like, yeah, no, I understand. Like everybody wants to to go down. And I said, Jeff here, cause he, he runs an HX stomp a lot of times and and that's right. all he's using. I said, Jeff here can tell you all about going to minimalist rig. Um, and I said, you know, we both keep, we both maintain two bands. Like it's, it's another part of the the piece of the puzzle or whatever. So, yep. um, anyway, long story short, uh, I, the the uh, lady comes back and she's she's kind of like looking around at some other things and i mentioned i have the camper and she's like oh how's that and i explained i said it's really good i said it's it's expensive um i said it it uh you know i explained it it models the amp and the cabinet and like you can make your own models basically um and the guy knew what it was and like he was like yeah no he's like my buddy's got one of these and we play with him occasionally and he's like he sounds really good, When she goes, I don't like his tone. And I'm like, wait a minute. I, like, this, this is where the red flag starts setting up. And she goes, she goes, and, and, and I mentioned that you can buy profiles that people have made. And she goes, yeah. well, yeah, but you can do that with any modeler. And I said, no, no, you can't. And she goes, she goes, uh, uh, no, you can buy IRs. Almost all of them have an IR loader in them out. And I said, that's not the same thing. I said the IR models the cabinet, not the amplifier, and she goes. Right. She goes, no, it models the speaker and And I'm like, wait a minute. I walked over to a a half stack they had sitting there. I said, it models this, not this, and I pointed at the head. You know, the the head and cabinet like separately. And she kind of backed off at that point. And I think she realized, like, you're you're treading into dangerous territory with me at this point. Um, (laughs) And uh, it was just funny because I'm like, it's a cool device. But I'm like, I'm, it's not for everybody. It's expensive. There's a lot of parts to carry around unless you get the stage. And like, it's just this whole thing. You got to be committed. And I knew that this was not the product they were looking for. Because I'm like, you're going to go down the Kemper route. You need to realize right now that, you know, this is a technology thing. If if you right? think that you're going to sell a GR55 and get something better just because it's going to work out for you, quote, unquote, like, clearly there's something wrong here. Um so anyway, they get, you know, they, they ask you more questions and then they kind of dart out. And I'm like, I just sat there and shook my head. Um, and, and there were some couple of things in the interaction that just stood up, to, stood out to me about like people not understanding technology, not understanding uh, guitar, not understanding guitar technology, you know, like all three of those things. Um, you know, lack of knowledge about IRs, this whole idea that somebody, somebody they know has a Kemper and she doesn't like his tone. So the Kemper naturally sounds like crap. Yeah,
1: it's, because it, he doesn't know how to set his up. You're an right. idiot.
0: No, it has nothing to do with that. Like the reality is this: different profiles, totally different sounds. Right? Right. That's and what that I mean. He might be, well, no, it's not that he's not setting it up right. He doesn't have the right yeah. stuff, or well, yeah, or he has a profile that sounds like, but that's ass the right stuff. That he like, likes. It's, it's digital stuff, but it's still stuff. Like right. the the whole point is this: like it's a platform. And you can make the platform do various things, and you can't act like because, oh, you heard this one guy's plat- version of the platform. You're going, oh, that's crap. That's crazy.
1: That's absolutely exactly. nuts. Yeah, um, well, that's – again, that's like saying, oh, I, one guy had a Marshall that I don't like any Marshalls.
0: Yeah, I'm, well, It's like, As a actually, result- I think the better example is like one dude has a sampler, and I don't like the way it sounds. Even, so though, every even though, yeah, order. just use a different set of yeah, samples. Like, what the hell? <laughs> I mean, it doesn't... Well, that's what I
1: mean.
0: Yeah. It's being generic, you
1: know. Right. Right. It's being generic about one thing. It's like somebody asked me, I can't remember what it was the other day, and uh, I said, it was a, It was one of the, uh, our, my fellow employees, who works over keys, and uh, asked me about uh, a type of guitar, and then about the in general. So it was like uh, I think it was like PRS and then asking me about the S the uh, uh, a specific model of PRS. I go, well that that's kinda like that's like asking me about a you fish the and then general, saying it's a trout and then it's yeah, the the rainbow general, specific, it a rainbow trout. Yeah. We can get more and more down in the weeds. Um so it was pretty funny. Um well but yeah I, I mean I had a I had a customer come in and they asked me um, a similar question. I said, you know, they to take, He comes in um, and he says, uh, "Can I get for about sixty, seventy dollars um, something that will emulate a cabinet to make the guitar sound better?" I said, "Yeah, I you think I get the cab driver. Story. No, no, that was just the other day. Oh, okay,
0: cab driver was like last night. Behringer yeah. makes uh, a direct box that does it. Yep, there's a bunch of yep. different things. Uh, the, right, and a so I said, box."
1: Right, I said I can get, I can put a cab driver on order for you, and he goes. Um, but we didn't have anything in stock that was that. And he goes, uh, Well, I need it right now. And I said, Well, buy a Helix. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you buy a Helix that. LT. You can buy Stomp. Um, Helix Stomp. And he goes, That's not sixty bucks. It said, No, it's not no. sixty bucks. I said, what you want is an IR, and he and, and he didn't know what an IR was. Yeah, he didn't know what a cab sim was. He didn't know why his sound sound was like ass coming straight out of his distortion box or whatever. And 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 you know what?
0: I don't have any problem with somebody who has like the ignorance. No, no, I don't. And and comes in and asks that question. This person knew what they wanted, but didn't really know what they wanted. Like they they had had already decided (laughs) in their head that like this is what they were going to do, and it's like. I can't wait to see the look on your face when you realize your GR fifty five is usable, but that is not. Like right. that's that's what I'm thinking in my head. Like that's y- you're crazy because here's well, we the deal: to- the GR fifty five is a six hundred and fifty to eight hundred dollar product when it came out.
1: Um, that's right,
0: and that was wi- without inflation. Today it would be eleven hundred or twelve hundred dollars. Okay, and <laughs> that they gave you the pickup, the GR fifty five synth, the thirteen pin cable, all the adapters. Oh, right like it was all included thing. Right. And that was, I had one, it was like 800 bucks when I bought it. Right. Or 700. Bucks. Are incredible. We've and, got one in
1: the store right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So flash forward to like today and somebody's like, well, I have that $800 piece of kit and I'm just going to buy this $300 replacement and hope it's as good and just replace no, it. it. You're out of your it. mind. <laughs> you are out of your mind. You have a professional level piece of equipment that you're going to trade off. To get something that's like amateur at best,
1: yeah, that's 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 kid in a in a bedroom practicing with his laptop. That's what you're going to. I mean, hey, uh, when you said the GR55, it didn't click with me. I'm like, we have a we have a guitar, we have a um, uh, Strat that's got the pickup in it, and then the customer must have traded the Strat and the GR55. So unfortunately, they're sitting separately, so nobody's like seeing them together and going, "Oh, I really like that Strat, and I like the GR." they're not seeing the 2 and it's and it's you know what I know that when you buy the strap with the pickup built in and the um GR55 even used that's a lot of money
0: yeah yeah um i've been looking for a syntaxis guitar for several years now at a decent price and i haven't come across one yet um keeping my eyes peeled for a uh a golden um sg was it lg xt yeah. or whatever um yeah lgxt
1: XTSA:
0: Yeah, because they're, they're synth-axis guitars something like that XTA. It's, it's got a 13 pin out. but anyway, she was talking about trying to clean up cables on the floor, and I'm thinking, you have a 13 pin cable that comes from the guitar. The synth has a quarter inch that actually runs your guitar into the 13 pin, and then that goes out to the GR55, and then you have two cables that come out from the 55 to one to front of house and one to your you know to your uh, amplifier of choice, right? And it splits the yep. guitar from the synth signal. And I'm kind of laughing because I'm thinking about what she just said. Like, I want to I wanna go down to uh, fewer cables. Well, even if you go to something like, you know, the mower, you're still going to have a cable from the guitar to the box and then at least one cable coming out of it and probably another one going to front of house. So it's right. like, how is this fixing any of your problems? Zero. <clears throat> the only thing it's doing is making you believe you have something better.
1: That's exactly right,
0: and you know part of it.
1: Um, I just looked it up, by the way. It was it's thirteen hundred bucks if someone came in and bought both parts, the strat and bought the, but it's a strat with the with the pickup load. But anyway, um, you can buy the pickup separately. I know. Um, anyway, what I was getting at is, is this the dangerous part? Is and I was just seeing it today on, um, on one of these YouTube channel things. If a if a YouTuber makes a good enough sounding um, demo of the GX three hundred, somebody's going to believe that the GX three hundred is going to sound like that in a band setting on a stage, and it's you know that's where we get we've told, we've talked about that a hundred times. You cannot assume that just because it sounds great in YouTube channel A with player B, you know that it's going to sound great. On stage, your your computer that you're hearing it through, your cell phone or your pods is not what you're listening to it through. Don't have the band in the mix. You don't have any of that, and you don't have your playing in your preference for tone. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I don't know. I so the other with regards to the this calamity of a sales discussion, not because of the salesman, but because of the people that were involved. Um, I now I'm gonna I'm gonna completely out myself here because I'm gonna say something that people are gonna like flip out on. But if I were in her boat, all I would be looking to do is mounting the GR55 on a board with some smallish modeling device for guitar, and on like a newer modeling device for guitar, even maybe one of the Zoom things, um, just so that I could get some new functionality. Mount it all on a board, two cables in and out, be done with it. Like There's no reason to go through all these shenanigans and try to find a new synth pedal if you have a GR55 with a a 13-pin. I was talking to my wife, though, and I think I know what her real problem is. 13-pin cables are hard to get. And I have a feeling she's broken a few, and they're not cheap. And so she's probably sitting there going, I wish I could just use a quarter-inch cable. Which leads me to another thing. She thinks that she's going to go buy live wires and have them last forever, but obviously, if you're breaking 13-pin cables, you're probably stepping on them, running them over with casters and everything else. So you're going to have the same problem. You're just going to be doing it more frequently, um, and for a cheaper price, which kind of defeats the purpose. Her better option here would be to learn how not to step on your cables and ta- and take care yep. of them. Yep, <laughs> that's that's my that's my guess. I'm I, that's all I can make sense of it. It's like the Lewis Black joke. If it wasn't for my horse, I wouldn't have spent that year in college. <laughs> so, exactly. Um, if you're a Lewis Black fan, you'll know that one. Uh, yeah, it, it, that's that's a great uh, comedy album too. That's the one from, from uh, Milwaukee or whatever. He talks about like you, my friends, have managed to turn drinking into an Olympic sport. <laughs> <Yes>. it's true <laughs> so anyway um, yeah we're going to try not to drop some F-bombs this episode that's 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 a goal oh, After we're not, not going to drop any I wanted to address a couple things from last episode so um, we had Danny Rabin on he was great uh, had a lot of interesting things to say um, provided some unique perspectives on jazz rock guitar or fusion guitar depending on uh, you know how old school you are and um, I will say, like, I thought. I thought these portions of it were great. Um, I I did want to apologize. There was some political commentary that went on during the episode that I think may offend some people. Um, it was not intended to be offensive, and I don't no. think uh, I don't think Danny has that kind of spirit. I mean, we're talking about a guy that got his way out of joining the Israeli military. Um, you know, so obviously he doesn't really harbor any real ill will towards people. But uh, yeah. So anyway um yeah if you'll if you didn't get a chance to listen to last week's episode i highly recommend it i have something i'm going to spring on jim now and jim yeah. may or may not know about this yet so jim is obviously going to give away the telecaster with the um great lakes guitar pickups pickups in it uh, i have not set a date for the end of the competition but i'm going to start ac- accepting submissions as of this episode's launch for uh winning the contest to win this guitar with these pickups, and you'll yep. probably throw the originals in too, I would assume. yes, uh, all the original stuff will go. so here's the con- here's the contest. Now, normally, what we would have you do uh, is record a short video of yourself using your cell phone, nothing fancy. Uh, with the with the guitar, you're gonna put it put the pickups in and, or right. and or tell us what you're gonna do with the pickups. even if you don't have a guitar, you're gonna put the pickups in. And um, basically, Send us a video questions at practicalguitarist.com, which that email address is still active. And if it's better for you to send it to us via Facebook, you can reach out to Jim and I directly or the practical guitarist Facebook page. Um, Send a message. Or join the Patreon group. Yeah. And then, and then get, you know, instant, instant access to us. Um, And then send us us this video of you telling us what you're going to do with these pickups, or in this case, what you're going to do with this guitar. And it doesn't, you could say something like, it's going to be hanging on my wall. I don't care. Yeah, don't, don't care. I don't care. That's your entry form. Okay. And then, then fine. and then we will all, maybe we'll take some of the audio from these and we'll put them in an episode or something. Um, But yeah. in, I think we're going to try to do a three week uh, entry period. And then at the end of three weeks, we'll hold the drawing live in the Facebook group. And then we'll announce yeah. the winner on the next episode and the guitar will be on its way. That being said, that leads into my next thing. So on my desk here right now, I have a very special set of P90s that I got from Practical Guitarist Podcast. Jim knows. Uh, I wound one of these. Uh, I wound the bridge pickup, I believe. Um, and uh, I had not installed these in a guitar yet, and there's a reason for it. They're P90s. And uh, for me to install P90s in the pickup mule that I bought, which is a uh, red GNL Legacy, um, Legacy, I would have had to get a custom pick guard cut, which was going to be 50 bucks. And I would have had to get custom mounting hardware for the P90s to work in that pick guard, which would have been an additional 20 to 30 bucks. Okay. Yep. So it made more sense <clears throat> to buy a guitar. Now, Jim and I have been going back and forth on this for a while on what I should get. And we were talking about a Gibson LP P90 uh, special, like the the bargain basement guitar center guitar, right? For like 90 bucks or, or like, no, I think they're 150 bucks, but I could probably find yep. one used for 90 bucks, right? Um, and we were going back and forth and I almost pulled the trigger like twice. And then I was on reverb the other day and I saw a Gibson, not Gibson. <laughs> what is wrong with me? I saw a, well, I did see a Gibson with P90s that I thought about doing. Um, I saw a Godan uh, LGP90S or LGP90. I don't know if it's a P90S right. or, an, or just a P90. But anyway, these were a hot guitar when I first started playing and i was playing uh, i had an uh a godan lg sd or an sdxt no it was an sdxt is what it was um and it, i really liked that guitar um i didn't like the pickups that were in it but i was always looking at other godans like i would drop by other dealers and see what they had and the p90 one always like stuck in my mind as being the one if i was going to upgrade that's what i would have gotten and lo and behold i was just trolling around i actually searched for p 90s sorted by price low to high and was just going through the list and i saw one and i said no and it was only 350 bucks so i reached out to the guy and i said is there anything wrong with it cosmetic leather than cosmetics um i'm going to be using this on our podcast to demo these pickups that we're going to give away and um the guy came back to me and he goes, "Well, I already have a buyer through through Facebook. He's like, if you buy it in the next hour, um, you know, it might work out." He's like, I th- "I'm waiting on the guy. He's, he's, I think he's flaking out." So that was the night of the last podcast when Danny Raven was on the show. So during the show, I'm getting messages from this dude saying, "Sorry, dude." uh the guy from facebook came back and he wants this guitar and i'm going to have to I, we're going to have to pass so i was kind of ticked off cuz i i'd had approval um and i was just like trying to do the research to find out that the corner radius on the pickups that nick sent me matched the Seymour Duncan pickups that are currently installed in the guitar they came stock that way by the way um and i, I at some point i just said screw it i'm going to pull the trigger and when i went to go pull the trigger i saw the message and actually, you'll notice if you listen to last week's episode, there's a point where my demeanor changes. <laughs> and it's because I'm like, dang it. <laughs> like, this is not supposed to happen. Um, anyway, a week goes by. I'm getting ready to pull the trigger on the, on the Les Paul this weekend. And just as I'm about to send uh, Jim a text message on Saturday morning, I get a message from the guy with the, uh, the Godan. And I bought the guitar like (laughs) within like 20 minutes and it'll be here tomorrow or Wednesday. So, uh, tomorrow, Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, so yeah, I've got a P90 guitar coming. Uh, it's a guitar that I will probably use for old Stumpy just because it's inexpensive and it's got good pickups in it. I mean, there's nothing more that I need to do to it. Um, maybe locking tuners, but that's on down the road. We'll, we'll see. Um, very, very cool guitars. I showed it to Nick. Nick laughed. He said, ugly guitar, but they work really well. And I said, yeah, they do. <laughs> you know, And they, and they, I don't think they're ugly. I think they're actually pretty good looking. But um, they do huh. have a bit of an identity crisis. They can't figure out whether they're a Telecaster or a Stratocaster or a Les Paul or <laughs> an offset guitar. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Um. Oh, Golden? Yeah. There. Go Dan. Golden?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So... I like the one the, the one that you sent me. I like that. Look at that. That was that was cool. Yeah. All,
0: all right.
1: right, so um we had we've been talking all week about something else too. Talking about a lot of stuff. So all week long we've been talking David is going to part with his 5050.
0: Yeah, I'm going to so I got the black edition 5050 from um Pelican Noise Works that was made for 60 Cycle Hum. I was happy to give uh, 60 Cycle Hum the money for this pedal. Um, I did have one caveat that we haven't talked about yet, Jim. If you sell this, I want this to come back to me. So, Goes to you. Yeah, I so don't... you need to sell it back to me first. Um, but that that makes perfect sense. But because he's
1: yeah. Well, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give anybody the, the details on it. Yeah, you're uh, gonna just deal. to let everybody know. You're gonna do. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, a gonna be able deal. to
0: try the pedal. Like that's basically what this boils down to. So I'm gonna mail it to him and. I, it, it, you know, if he likes it, great. If not, I'll give right. him his money back when I come to you, come to you in April. Uh, which that's a revel- revelation for everybody on the show. I'm going down to Virginia Beach in April uh, to hang out yeah. with Jim for a couple of days, and I'm sure there'll yeah. be some podcast content comes out of that. But more or less, I'll just be there to hang out. Um, I'm not allowed to travel on business, so this is not business. Let's make that very clear. Um, I'm going down to you know hang out with a buddies, so because um, we can do this podcast from here. It doesn't matter. I mean that's we do it every week this way. So uh, <laughs> it's just a matter of convenience. I happen to be there. Um so that's like that's a whole other thing uh with the the um with the of the fifty fifty. I kind of fell out of love with, with DOD two fifties, and it wasn't because of that pedal. It was just like I was into the really gritty overdrive thing for a while. And then all of a sudden, like, I started playing modern music and cleaning up my playing, and suddenly I'm not, like, interested in garage rock or that kind of sound anymore. Um, I have more in common with tones like Steve Vai, Joe Cetriani, and those guys and all the virtuoso players, probably closer to Paul Gilbert and um, Robin Trower, really. But yep. uh, I have, like, that that style more than I do, like, a gritty overdrive kind of thing. I'm not even using a whole lot of fuzz anymore. I mean, I kick my fuzz on, like, maybe once a night. twice a night um right it's not something i like embark upon with the the musical journey and everybody who's listened to this podcast over the last two years knows i'm a fuzz guy like through and through i like fuzz pedals i just don't use them anymore there's no reason for me to use them i don't i don't need those nasty sounds in my music i don't know whether it's i'm changing as a person and i'm i'm not as angry and like um virulent as i used to be but um yeah, that's just a whole thing that's that's happened. And so getting rid of a two fifty right now it seems to make a lot of sense. Um I'm gonna use this money to go into some other gear stuff I need to do. Um because I gotta get my actually this is another revelation. Kemper, 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 right? Um I'm actually hoping to take my Mark five twenty five out this year and start yeah. start going to open mics and, and gigs and stuff with it. Um, which means I gotta finish all my pedal board. Um and actually, playing the little ten-incher guy day was like a revelation because it's even yeah. though even though the Kemper, so that was the other thing is like we we were doing the Kemper back to back, right? And I kind of yeah, the Kemper doesn't sound quite as good through the Headrush cab as the but it was passable. Like honestly, it sounded better than like a Katana, for example. Um, and I was pretty thrilled with the results I was getting, so I'm gonna continue to like explore both avenues. But I think for, I have the Mark V. Like, I have it. I'm going to use it. You know, it's just it's just going to happen. You're just going to let it happen, okay? Um, it has to happen. It's, it's a requirement. I don't know. So the other thing is, like I was telling my wife, my living situation is changing completely. My oldest daughter, who lives with their dad in Las Vegas, is coming to live with us. Next year or two, we're going to be buying a house. Kemper may not make much sense for me at that point. And when that happens, then I can get another amp and get another two amps, three amps, whatever. And I can start using amps to do the things that I do with the Kemper. Um, I'm not looking to drop. I'm obviously you're buying a house. You're going to be spending more money on a house than you do a condo. So it's not like I'm going to have like this explosion of money to go buy all this stuff, but it's kind of like, I really enjoy playing amps because I like the, I like the simplicity of it. Um, I don't like the inconvenience of it. And especially in my home situation, that's the bigger issue than the playing out situation. Um, I'm getting one of those cars, Jim—the ones that go up and downstairs. Yeah, good. You, where did you get yours?
1: Guitar Center. Everybody's oh, it, it? it. Yeah, yeah. We, they, they had it sitting out. Um, this one, they just happen to have one in stock. Um, we don't usually. Dude, you got to give me
0: the part number. They had them on sale. You got to give me the part number. I will give you the money to to put it in your name and you know put that feather in your cap. Cool. Oh, because. Uh, yeah, yeah be honest with you. Like I was looking at Lowe's Lowe's has got them, but if there's yep. something that's like more gear appropriate, um, I'll probably yep. get that. And I need to get some bungee cords and stuff. Cause I'm, I'm even with the camper right now, I still have to go up, you know, five or six stairs to get in the building and, and leaving all that. It would be nice to have a cart that I can just put it on and then take it in and out of the building. Um, and maybe not even take it with me to the gig kind of deal, but just to have it so that when I have to come in at midnight, I'm not waking up all my neighbors. Um, right so but uh, that's a cool idea man those carts are that's a godsend as far as I'm concerned oh, they um, the best for anybody who's had to lug like an ampeg uh, 4x10 or 8x10 up up a, fo- a narrow flight of stairs like to the third floor balcony of something Yeah, <laughs> you definitely want one that can go up and down yeah I don't know how people did it back then man I don't I just don't
1: I can tell you how we did
0: it. Yeah, I'm sure you can. Two
1: guys. Yeah, two guys. on both down. Jim's like, I
0: can tell you how you did it as he rubs his back. (laughs) It
1: it hurts a lot lately. Oh my god! Yeah,
0: some things are just not sensible. Some things are still not sensible. No, (laughs) they're
1: not.
0: That was a joke that Jeff and I had today. That was like we were talking about um, when you see these guys like. Uh, there's that group everything guitar. Um, I guess I should throw I should throw show or I should uh, share the thread that got deleted this morning, too. Um, <laughs> which is a whole other thing. But they somebody's like post your rig, and there was so many dudes where you could see the where you could see both the stairways out of their basement, and four by twelve cabinets with Marshall heads. Oh good lord! That you realize oh, suddenly God. that like the only people that really use four by twelves are enthusiasts. Who play in their basements.
1: <laughs> That's right. I had a, um, did I ever tell you, I was in a band where these guys would bring in, the, the bass player would bring, I kid you not when I tell you this, the bass player would bring an eight by 10 cabinet and one of the guitar players would bring two. Yeah, you told he me this. He would bring a four by 12 and a two by 12 and a head. Yeah. Every yeah. week he would drag that down there. He would <laughs> drag that back up.
0: And Why would I, you ever oh, do that to yourself with a rehearsal?
1: My, I'm not dropping an air bob or F bob. So he, my, he bleeped my <laughs> stairwell up so badly, and he wouldn't take it up and out the, um, uh, the, what do you call it? Doors, the big,
0: yeah, opening doors, the barn. No, doors. he had to go through the
1: house. So he wouldn't go through the big barn doors I had on the side because I had a, you know, set of stairs. That I would be like, you're going to do that?
0: Separate. It's not my problem, man. You're the one that's logging around a cabinet that's that's just ridiculously, obscenely large. Um, I had an oversized 412 from um, uh, Carvin that I think I took out of my house like twice because it was just so unruly. Um, And I finally got to the point where I was just like, I don't even need to have this thing around. I'm nuts. I had a 4x12 cabinet in an 850-square-foot condo. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I mean, the 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 cabinet took up as much space as my bathroom. OK, <laughs> it's like, oh. um, why would you ever do that to yourself? Because I'm a glutton for punishment. OK, I learned things the hard way. If you haven't noticed, I tend to learn things the really hard way. Um, I had that cabinet. I had it about a year. I didn't pay anything for it. I think I paid less than a pedal. Um, right. And I probably made money when I sold it. Cause I sold it to the guitar center and I think they gave me 200 bucks for it, which I was like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, like sure. Take it off my hands. In fact, they were like, well, we don't know if you want to buy the cabinet. And I'm like, well, I'm just going to leave it here regardless. So <laughs> yeah, I had a guy do that to me.
1: He goes, he goes like this. He, he brought in a cabinet and he goes, uh, this was Saturday, right? Saturday. He goes like this. He goes, um, how much can I get for this cabinet? It was a big cabinet. It was 2 uh, don't ask me why anybody would have a pair of fifteens in a game. And I'm like, uh, what, uh, you know, how much I could not find any pricing for it. It was <laughs> it was so old and so not wanted, I suppose. I could not find any pricing. No eBay sales, um, sold items, nothing, nothing I remember. But I go I go, Well, I mean it was real. It was a um I don't know, not Gens Benz, but something like that. Yeah. So it wasn't like out of the out of the ordinary, not a a brand I never heard, uh, a brand I had heard of at least, and I and I said um, so. Uh, how much do you expect to get out of it? He goes I don't care. I just don't want to take it back home. So when I told him I couldn't take it, in he goes, he goes, you can keep it. I said I I got to be honest with you. If I was about ten years younger, I'd probably take it, but I am not taking that thing home. That is not going to my car. I am not That's taking it ridiculous. home. Ridiculous. I said I said you give it to the first kid that walks in here because I don't want it.
0: Um, I'm looking in the list of of text messages because I now know what that text message was about. You asked me, had you heard of this company? And I was like, yes. And then. Oh yeah. That was another one, a
1: four by 12 in that one. It was, what was it called? Roccafort, right? Rockaforte.
0: Yeah. I've heard Roccaforte.
1: Yeah. So they, this guy comes in, that was another one He comes in with this big Rockaforte, 80 watt custom head and a um, single channel and a uh, 4x12 um, Rockaforte Forte with these speakers in it and I can't tell you how many people have called about it but I don't think we have it st- I think we still have it because I don't think anybody wants
0: it. I don't this is know, not something that I don't think Rockaforte Forte was really seen as uh, yeah a see that's just a exact, brand, um, he's like well Eddie Van Halen built their I'm like I don't give a crap what Eddie Van Halen is, is have, that the company what? that I bet it is that's the company that did the Eddie Van Halen signature that really wasn't an Eddie Van Halen signature. They like oh. lied about it or whatever, and then Could like be. he didn't really have his endorsement. And they got sued and uh, got into all sorts of trouble. I think that's what it was. Yeah, uh, Doug Roccaforte is the or Doug Roccaforte or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So I see your cab online. Yeah, about five hundred bucks is what I expected. I mean, they're they're well made things, but it's just like oh yeah. It's, this company shouldn't even
1: exist. It's um, worth the money we're asking, but the guy was hoping to get into a, like a professional, um, uh, stra- Stratocaster, a pro. Yeah. And uh, not, there was no bad. way we could give him, we couldn't give if he sold it outright, he might be able to get that kind of money. Cause that's what we're looking to get for him.
0: Yeah. And, and a cabinet.
1: Yeah. Then he, then he goes, I, I said, uh, here's, here's something that, that I just can't believe customers. So the guy I told you about that didn't want to take a cabinet home. Yeah, he brings in in two guitars, a uh, uh, Orange Crush DLX, uh, thirty five DLX, which is like four hundred years old right now. Yeah, I
0: mean, just put it in the garbage. Yeah, <laughs> and and uh, um
1: this fifteen, yeah. And
0: That's I go bad by the way, just because it's like nobody right. really wants to buy that used. I
1: open it up, and my allergies instantly went. Oh, God, my eyes were burning. But was, there's enough dust on that guitar to kill a man. And and I'm like, um, I'm going to have to charge you for a setup. I'm going to have to charge you for uh, strings. I'm going to have to charge you to, to clean it. I said, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it was, the guy was like, I don't care how much money. It was like 20 bucks. I sold it the very next day, by the way. Yeah. i cleaned it up i personally cleaned it up i did everything and a guy called in he was like i want it i want it i want it i want it um he's gonna he's gonna take the neck off and put the neck back on he's gonna fix it up and i'm like okay because we could sell it super cheap because i gave him credit. and the same um the same with his uh, uh he gave me a gnx pedal a gnx 300 now when was the last time you saw a digitech gnx 300 all right this is this is g505 time frame territory right and it goes, he goes, I don't care. Um, and, and it was another guitar. But anyway, I'm like, why would you bring in one person brought in a guitar and didn't have any strings on it?
0: Cause they it, don't I mean, all right. So let me put you in the mind of somebody who's doing that. Yeah. I have this right. old guitar, I want this new guitar. Uh this old guitar needs strings, but I'm too freaking lazy to put them on there. And I know they'll just do it for me, so I'll just take it in. Or this guitar's jacked up but I don't have the time or the patience, or the effort or the finances to have it fixed and sell it outright. So I'll just take it to guitar center or I bought this on reverb and I got it and it's junk and I can't send it to the guy, send it back to the guy on reverb. So I'll just take it to guitar center and take what I can get. Right. Honestly, that's probably your three most popular scenarios for like getting a guitar. That's super janky when they bring it in. Oh, i
1: you, it's just, you know, like would you trade in a car with like, Dog crap on the yes. floor.
0: Of the- Jim, yes, yes, yes. I have worked at car dealerships. Yes, that stuff God. happens. God. We opened a car one time and, it, and the trunk was filled with leaves. Leaves. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, at that, that, the time that we happened to make this up, we opened it up and it was leaves. And it wasn't like leaves from last fall, it was leaves from like fall five years ago. And I'm going, how did this happen? How did this right. actually happen? Did somebody leave the trunk open and all these leaves got in here? Cause it, cause it would have been like amazing. I mean, this was like somebody took a rake and a shovel and like a snow shovel and, and just snow shoveled the leaves into their trunk so they could get them out of somewhere. And then later on forgot to take them out of the trunk because they never used it. And then guess what? They- Five years later they traded in <gasps> and it ends up on a wholesaler's lot. And that's the end of that. So yes, you're absolutely right. People do this with cars. They do it with houses. They, I mean, I guess it doesn't bother me when I say,
1: when I say to somebody, well, I'm going to have
0: to, I'm going to have to take
1: a little off because we got to spend some time with it. Cause I got to spend 25 minutes, 30 minutes, cleaning it up. Um, and we gotta, we gotta pull the strings out. I'm going to put the strings on. So it's, and then the one guy I was changing the strings on that one that I told you about, that was really dusty and I'm cleaning it, changing the strings. And the guy calls and he goes, I want these particular strings on it. And I said, really? I, Okay, I said, but I'm gonna have to charge you for those. And he goes, Okay, I don't care. Charge for, him for him. I had to pull the strings. I charged him for the strings I put on. I cut those off. I put the strings he wanted on. He paid for both sets of strings. He should. Yeah, I mean, I had a problem with it, but it was my time that I got a problem with. I'm well, like, bro, pal. Um,
0: no. I'm just thinking about the, <laughs> ma- the madness. Of some oh, of this God. stuff, because like I, I've seen some, I've seen some things. I've seen See some, some things stuff. happen. Yeah. And you cannot unsee what I have seen. <laughs> um, oh,
1: man. I, I've told you. There has been stuff. I look at it and I go, what the holy
0: heck? I mean, I, things where obviously animals have lived in the back. Like oh, oh wait.
1: wait. We had one. A pair of guys, bring it in. I don't want to describe the people. But I'll just two guys bring in this guitar. I don't know how much how much you give us for it. I open it up and I'm like, is there bomb water in there? That thing smelled so much like a bomb. I mean, it was like, <laughs> like
0: that's not legal in Virginia Beach, is it? No, it's not legal yet. I mean, they could do it. I mean, it here in Chicago, normal. that's probably going to be the norm from now on. Well, so, if Bernie Sanders gets in
1: office, it'll be legal everywhere. Yeah. So that's cool. I'll, so, anyway, I'll let and I'm play. all for it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all What's for it. I, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I don't care. I, I, you know, but I mean, it was like, oh, God. I mean, I just stood there. Every time I opened it, I was like, oh, I was looking for bog water
0: in the guitar. Jim, I, like, I know what this reminds me of. no way it of. smells like
1: this unless this, they used
0: it for a bog. This reminds me of that stupid, awful Ibanez I had. Oh, yeah where I opened it and someone's couch was inside. Yeah. <laughs> First we thought it was packing materials. No, it was like clearly somebody had gutted their furniture and like thrown it in the be- the gig bag. I hope that guy is listening to our show. I hope he's found me on reverb and like, like hunted me down and all this stuff. Yeah. I, I dare you to send me a message at this time. Yeah. I'll tell well, you about my story with your guitar. Whoa. Oh, what's what a what's incredible of crap. is.
1: Every one of these guitars that came in that needed like super super care, they're all they all went fast. Like, oh yeah. Always. Always. Because always somebody's always looking for a break. And when somebody can come in and get a you know, get a guitar for 60 bucks or 70 bucks, they're going to buy
0: it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how often do you sell guitars out of your store that are under 100 bucks used? Not very often. Yeah, I was going to say it's usually around 200 bucks, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, most of the used stuff is 200 or up. And so it's surprising to see when somebody brings in something that usually you can't take it because we can't like we'll take a credit card or something light and try to stick it underneath the bridge. And if the bridge is lifting enough that I can put something small under it, I can't take it in. or if the you know what
0: well, uh, you're talking about with a strat?
1: No, a guitar. Or, uh, acoustic acoustic.
0: Oh, I was gonna say, no, yeah. no, with a strat, yeah, no oh, I was gonna be like, you guys won't take a floating bridge, like no, 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 no. <laughs> like, wait, what?
1: <laughs> um, no, it's an acoustic. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, we yeah, we probably have maybe two or three guitars that are under hundred dollars that are that are electric, but they're usually those. You know, somebody will bring in a Geo, or they'll bring in a yeah. Mitchell, or they'll bring in a,
0: a you know, the uh, the, what's uh, the the guitar they wasted money on, the the bullet that comes out of a
1: guitar pack. Yeah, like trying to sell the parts off.
0: All right, so you got some stuff going on with your board. Let's let's talk. Yeah,
1: let's talk about my board. So I I, I played around tonight. I, I sat down with it for the first time. I really really played around with the dark side, and I finally found a fuzz I kind of like. I I actually like this fuzz, which is weird. And I know you're going to tell me because it's not a real fuzz or something. But no, I like it. I like the fuzz on it. it it's, and a I, it's a muff. Yeah. That's weird. It's a muff. Yeah, because well, I always like my, my muff as well, so I guess... That's...
0: Well, I bought you the one, and I'm like, yeah, he's yeah. going to like it. Like, duh. Yep.
1: And uh, I keep it in the middle. I don't know what that means. It's not
0: flat. It's not... What are you talking, about? What are you talking about? There's yeah. three There's three tone settings. Control, tone control? Or... No, there's
1: three settings. There's a little toggle switch. It's flat, middle, and I, I guess, normal, and then scoop. So...
0: Yeah, so it's basically they're supposed to emulate the different eras of muff that he used, right? Because he's then, used all of them. I've been using be the favorite. flange,
1: the flanger rotary side of the other thing, which I really like. I I don't put a lot in there, but adding a little bit of that really adds to the uh, the the what's the word I want the the total variety that i get from it just by adding a little bit which i didn't think i would like i didn't think i would like a flanger rotary but it, it does it does well it does well so then the carbon copy obviously i like the carbon copy so guess what else i had i
2: added a caverns
0: <laughs> i'm getting silly i'm, la- I'm laughing because I told you you should buy that over the uh oh, I put them both in there. Hold <laughs> on, it gets worse. Uh, okay, wait, wait a minute. is this your pedal train nano? <laughs> yeah that, so I've decided <laughs> I've decided what I'm gonna do is do a pedal train.
1: holy crap, I think I'm gonna just buy a voodoo lab one or whatever.
0: Yeah.
1: um, and when you get down here, we're gonna I am gonna make the most ridiculous pedal board ever known to man. I mean, no. As far as, it, no, yeah, it won't be. But I'm going to, I, I want to trade like, I, I want to um, trade out like 30 pedals or some ridiculous thing like that. So I
0: added, I added a Keely compressor. The Keely compressor is pretty good. So, th- so what's yeah. happened is Jim has gotten really into the, the dark side and he's like, I got to buy everything Keely.
1: <laughs> no, no. I, I did look at the D&M drive. I could order a DNM No.
0: Drive. No. Yeah. No. I'm gonna get the At least one side of that drive is going to be too pretentious for you, Jim. Exactly. Exactly.
1: <laughs> and it's going to be the M drive. Probably it's gonna be the M
0: side cuz
1: I <laughs> I'm all right with the deep side, but the M side is not my thing.
0: I'm having a good time tonight, man. Let me tell you. I'm having a good time. Um It's my it's my son's 20th the twins. Yeah, I so saw my that. My son's
1: 20th birthday today.
0: Happy birthday, twins. Happy birthday boys. Yeah. Um, do they listen, but (laughs) no, why would they be interested in what their old man does? (laughs) They don't care. I know my kids aren't. So, um,
1: to add insult to injury, when you get here, I might have a new baby. What? Yep. She would weigh about, uh, three pounds and her name would be Rosie or Sophie. Uh, Rosie has blue eyes. Um, and she's kind of brindle in color with longer hair and Sophie is brindle but shorter hair, uh, with brown eyes.
0: Okay. So it's a miniature
1: dachshund. I was just
0: saying, <laughs> furry babies. Yes. Furry so ba- I'm going to get bitter furry. baby. Cause you're going to get, you're going to get dachshunds and they like to bite.
1: No, they don't. I, I've never had the snippy, my miniature snippy little dog.
0: I like, I like dachshunds. So, um, but they're, they, they could be pretty snippy. Depends. Um, well, I don't think
1: she'll, by the time you get here, she won't be really like, I'm the king of the house. Yet.
0: No, she, she'll probably still be peeing on the floor. Yep,
1: yeah, she'll still be pissing on the, instead of me, I'll take her out for a walk, 20 minutes around the block, come back in, and then she'll piss on the floor.
0: Yep, that's, that's how what it works. they do. That's, that's what how they works. do. <laughs> that's how it works. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> every dog, every dog I've had has done
1: that to
0: me. So. Every time. <laughs> yep. That's, that's not a unique experience, Jim. That happens to everyone. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, man. Um, so there's been some some listener... Um, so I'm looking for another
1: ridiculous pedalist
0: ad. Oh. I'm getting
1: the
0: 50-50. You need a ring mod. A ring mod. That's the most ridiculous pedal you could possibly put on there. <laughs> You'll never turn it on. It'll be awesome. <laughs> yeah. So now I've got... I've got two wah pedals, all right? Sounds to me One's like you need a good in. phaser. You need a Phase 90 or a Phase 95. Oh,
1: yeah, a Phase 90 script.
0: Or a Phase 95, the same thing. Yeah. Um, Or the even if you get, like, a used uh, EVH phaser, those are... Yeah, uh, yeah, that, the, EVH the EVH one. The EVH one is, like, a Phase 90 script logo and the other one in the same box, but it's a bigger box. Yeah, I'm kind
1: of... Wi- I'm, yeah, that's exactly right. I'm kind of waiting for somebody to get um, a you know like I said to bring one in and then go, hey, which would you take? Yeah. You know,
0: yeah. Well the the um the fifty fifty I can just go ahead and tell people what the fifty fifty is gonna go for. So the fifty fifty is gonna go for the train wreck uh the Ethos T W E one, which is their train wreck in a box. And then I think the um uh, I didn't have the I didn't have the heart last week when Danny was going on about uh, Vertex effects to be like, hey man, I got an ethos and I live like, you know, an hour from you. We should get together. I'll show <laughs> you the ethos because it's yeah. going to change your life. Um, but uh, the because because he uses the Dumble in a Box from from Vertex, um, yep. and he also uses the Train Wreck from Vertex. So I'm going to get the ethos version of that, and or the custom tones version of that, and then. Uh, I need so that you're gonna half pay for that. Basically, is what's gonna happen. I'm gonna have yep. to come up with that or uh, okay. hundred bucks, but or whatever it ends up being. Um, yep. I think I think they're a hundred. I think they're two hundred something. So it's gonna. I have to make up the difference. But um, plus shipping and all that. Um, right. And the other item I need is a delay reverb, and uh, I need a I need a Univibe three pedals. But the more expensive thing, which I'm learning about um and learning all sorts of fun stuff about because i didn't really know much about them before um is a direct box and direct boxes you can go cheap you can get like a behringer direct box and it'll do you fine um you can get passive you can get active now for using passive pickups you need an active direct box that's what most people say right like that's the general rule of thumb for active pickups you want a passive direct box uh i would assume And this is something I'm still learning about that a pedal board would go into an active direct box because it's passive output, right? It's the same idea as what comes out of your guitars, pickups. Um, If anybody in the show or anybody or shows audience knows differently, please let me know. I don't want to make a mistake on this, Um, but I found a, I found a pretty cool active direct box on Sweetwater. Uh, It is a Neve active direct box and it's like 260 bucks. I mean, it's not super expensive, um, and it has a really good reputation already. Um, the other option, of course, is I go and I get, um, uh, who's the the company that makes all the direct boxes? A radial, uh, like a J45 or whatever, which is basically the industry standard right now. Um, but the reason I need a direct box is because even though the Ethos has an emulated, li- or an emulated line out, it is pedal level and not... Uh, line or it's not, um, line level for the P8. So, right. um, I'm gonna have to attenuate that. I might even try my hand and make my own direct box, which I could yeah. do pretty easily. Um, but there's transformers involved, which makes that problematic. Um, but ideally at the end of the day, I'll have a direct box, it'll be mounted underneath my board. I'll have my delay reverb, which will be literally turned on and left. Um and just to add some ambience and then I will have my Univibe out front and I will have my train wreck doing most of the work. And that'll be that. And my pedal board will be done. Um I'd like to start gigging with this pedal board with old Stumpy even. Um and I think we're gonna use that with the Mark V, and that's gonna be the thing. Um so Kemper or Mark V, depending on which gig and what our requirements are, if I have to go direct and all those different things, that changes things significantly. But um just to be able to play guitar and i'll I'll break out my e609 which at gear fest i'm hoping to get an e906 um so i can get the nicer sounding one because i've heard some ab comparisons now where the e906 actually does sound significantly better than the e609 so right oh that's a mouthful and it's a lot of gear (laughs) jargon um i i met some people in the class the other day and i was telling them like this is not our show is a, we talk about gear a lot, but it's not a gear podcast. Nope. But it is a gear podcast because let's face it, guitar I mean, players are obsessed with what they're playing with.
1: Yeah. I, I, you know, honestly, I don't have any gear I want right now. Um, but I, I got to say that, that when I added that uh,
2: no, to my pedal board, I'm,
1: I'm enjoying it. You know, the... the
0: well, I mean, but here's the, pedal boards are do, like crack, man. Yeah. You get started, and it's easy not to stop.
1: So, last night, a woman comes in, and she's buying a Cajon. You know, the, the Cajon. So it's a little one. It's only like um, the size of like uh, an iPhone, only squared off, obviously. A little bit bigger. Like two iPhones all, right, uh, or wide, I should say, but the same height as an iPhone, so it's a little thing. She she says, uh "Oh, it's for this." I said, "Do you want to get the coverage?" And she said, "Yes." And I, and I was like, "Nobody can buy coverage on that." She goes, "It's for this little guy." She had a little kid who's still drooling. You know, I mean, that's how little he is, right? He's a cute little bugger, and he's getting a cajon from mom. And and because he's got rhythm and she's like, I want to, you know, I want him to be musical foster. I play, I play bass. and Dad plays guitar and he's going to play, you know, and I was like, wow, that's awesome. I think it's great. And so what's funnier though. Is uh, that when she says this, the baby's looking up and he's reaching out. I said, I said, I hand it down to him. I said, say goodbye to all the money you've ever had because, all the money you will ever make because this begins your, your journey of gear. Oh, that's, the so, baby, that's so good. The, the baby smiles and he laughs at me. That <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: was so adorable. It was like, oh it's my your God. hopes and dreams. Goodbye! <laughs>
1: yeah, it was so
0: funny. You just committed to a life of non-prosperity. <laughs> yep.
1: I thought it was so funny. Oh, I, I just thought...
0: Oh my god! <laughs> um, our our listeners have have topics for us, and if you have topics, please don't just share them in the Facebook group. We're trying to come up with a with a method that's going to keep us organized, um, so that we can get through all these topics. Because there's been a couple that have gone by the wayside, I know about. Um, but I, somebody brought it up in the group. Um, if you're in the if you're in the uh, Patreon group, you're going to get first pick for sure. Uh, send your topics to questions dot com. I will start. I will start uh, making sure that that gets said like multiple times in the episode, so you know. Uh, Questionsatpracticalguitars dot com. So, email your your topics there, and then Jim and I will take action on them. Um, or you can you can message the Facebook page, right. and that will make sure that Jim and I both see it, so that we'll remember. Um, so somebody in the group asked about um we should make it a regular show topic to talk about the future of electric guitar. Uh, huh. And I agree. It should be a regular show topic because I think the future of electric guitar is happening right now. It's happening around us. We're seeing things change in not so subtle ways. Um, good example uh, in the everything guitar group today. And this is going to be the, the funny anecdote that drives the story. Someone posted a video or somebody posted a thread that was basically like, here's my, here's my uh, boomer hate machine which was like his Strandberg electric guitar, right? Cut off headstock, ugly body. Um, and I'm smiling because I just think it's hilarious that somebody's going to like try to pick on the boomers. At, at this point, it's just a non-issue for me. But um, yep. I I don't try to judge people based on their social classes. That's why I'm doing a podcast with a guy that's like 20 years older than me. Um, right. or more, probably more than that. Um, yep. But uh, yep. that's, th- that's my point, right? Like, so generational gaps are not a big issue to me. But I did find it funny because I was like, here you are. I, I I go through this thread and there's a lot of people like sharing their headless pics and like, it's all cool until the one boomer gets really ticked off. And he starts saying, you guys are a bunch of little wimps and you're in your safe space and all this horse crap. It was like, first off, Oh my you know, God. You know, for me, like I have no safe space, right? Like yeah, I exactly. have a space where I can defend myself. That's my safe space. All right. Yeah. That's, that's how this works. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm a, I'm a stand your round guy. Um, And I'm just laughing because I'm reading through this thread and I'm just rolling through it. And I'm like, really? You're going to go off the deep end over this with the amount of times that I see people complaining about millennials. You're going to go off the deep end about somebody saying, this is my boomer hate machine or whatever the thread thing was. I, so I I responded twice. I said, I, the first thing I said was I really like headless guitars. Second thing I said was, wow, dude, uh, you definitely don't realize who's going to pay your social security checks and who's going to be taking care of you when you're in a home and you know like this is the d- revenge is a dish best served cold kind of deal but wow. then on the other the other side of it I'm like I just I just like kind of zoned out anyway I got some responses on that thread and when I went to go read him the thread had been deleted <laughs> and and in everything guitar all day today people have been posting post your headless guitars <laughs> Because <laughs> it's it's totally like a knock at that dude um, who got that thread deleted uh, because he was being abusive, vulgar, defamatory, etc. Yeah, of course. Um, anyway, now I also noticed that they added a, a rule to their thing It's like don't talk about socio political topics or something. And I'm like, really? I mean, come on, guys! Like, we got, we're all adults. We should be able to get along. If you yeah. if you really can't stand the fact that you know. Your generation has hated another generation so much that there's an entire like field of study devoted to how to deal with this other generation. I mean, I, I work in so here's here's my perspective on on why this third gets deleted, and I'll and I'll leave the politics alone. This is why we don't talk about boomers on this show. It's why we don't go through this whole shenanigans. Um, everyone knows that the generation prior hates the generation past them, and the generation past that generation. Absolutely, that's that's oh, just good. a given. That is a well, given. The, the only difference between the the uh, baby boomer generation and the millennial generation today, and that whole conflict versus conflicts of other generations like um, the generation prior to baby boomers and the uh, uh, Gen Xers, the only real disjoin there is that the the baby boomers is such a large generation to market to that I work for. I work for an association. We sell education. That's that's like essentially what we sell, right? And we have entire courses of study that I've seen that are devoted to how to deal with millennials in the workplace. Yeah. I do not recall ever seeing anything like that about generation X. I do not see anything about that with post-millennials. Um, it is entirely the, the baby boomers hating their, their really their kids. Right. <laughs> that's that's, and, and that's what this boils down. It's like, I'm tired of them living at home and all this stuff. And it's like, wait, you guys do realize you created our generation, right? Like not like created, created, but like you made the social conditions that created us too. Like everybody gets a trophy. Yeah. I mean, that's why there are so many screwed up millennials. So yeah, that's all well, I'm saying. Yeah. Uh,
1: okay. So I was not one of those helicopter parents and I brought my kids up differently, but, <clears throat> um, and my kids knew that, uh, um, a trophy that everybody gets is a BS trophy. I mean, and most kids do.
0: Most kids do. I don't. We sat down. No, we sat down uh, with our kids and we explained to them early on, you're not special. Right. And that was like a terrifying thing. When I tell other parents, I'm like, I told my kids they weren't special. I was. At a, but then I told him, I said, you can do special things, but people aren't special. There's a was- lot of people out there. We're all the same. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was at a job
1: interview on Friday. And um, when I sat down and talked to the guy, I specifically said, you know, because we were talking about sharing information, how some people will will hold information because knowledge is power, so to speak.
0: Exactly. And, I and have I somebody said, at my work that does that right now. Yep.
1: That's jerk move. And I said to him, I said, I was fired, always boy. taught. That's right. I was always taught to share your information because you always want to train your replacement and no one, no one is irreplaceable. So don't think that because you think you know all this stuff, you're the only one that knows it. You're not. You're not the only one. And so uh, that, that's why we're actually not
0: all special. Okay. Right. Just saying. Um, so along with the boomer conversation, yes. uh, he- you know, headless guitars are a big thing right now. And you could see this, this climate changing for like modern guitars. Right. And like, that's been a thing for a while. Steinberger, uh, a boomer designed the headless guitar, like the first iterations of them, right. That were really popular. And I want to point out something. Steinberger went out of business because they were so popular, they couldn't keep up with demand. And they ended up selling out to Gibson and Gibson ran the company into the ground. That's right. Um, It wasn't because they
1: weren't popular.
0: No, it was actually the opposite. It was like the DeLorean problem, uh, except without the drug investment, (laughs) Uh (laughs) which actually actually in federal court, they proved he didn't know about. Um, John DeLorean was actually not investing money in drug dealers surprise surprise uh, or at least he didn't think he was um so a whole other co- kit component conversation about all that uh, you know is uh, looming but anyway somebody in the group this week posted a very relevant video and project to this uh this topic which is um we obviously know headless guitars are taken off like that's a sign of the times right people are willing to adapt to modern designs so I now, know. other companies are taking, um, they're taking cues from this, and they're like, "Well, what can we do that, that indicates modern design? And how can we rethink uh, the wheel? I mean, the instrument right. and uh, <laughs> the thing that I want to talk about. And Jim, you probably know where I'm going with this, is uh, the sub fretboard system project. Now, oh, good lord! Yeah, when I say that that uh, random mouthpiece thing." uh that that I just said the sub fretboard system project this video was shared with us by Nick Bongers um you can find out more at subfretboard.com so apparently it's a south american thing i don't know if it's like from mexico or beyond um but it's this whole idea and i know mexico is obviously not south american but um uh i believe parts of it are um but anyway it's a sub fretboard system project and this whole idea is like you have a metal rod and it's not a rod but it's like a plate right that runs down underneath the uh fretboard and runs all the way into the body of the guitar where the pickups sit, and everything that you use on the guitar basically gets mounted to this metal plate. Now, um, this means that basically any guitar you have can't really be retrofitted; it would have to be designed with the sub-fretboard system project in mind. Um, and it's it's cool because the pictures they're showing like have these little like uh, pieces of wood that go between the frets. And so you could use like rosewood on some frets and maple on others and make cool, clever designs. Um and I'm sure you could get inlaid pieces of wood to put in between the frets. Now, here's where the here's where the issues start. The frets are actually also attached to this piece of metal. Um, they stick up, looks like a half centimeter, and then the fret extends beyond that. Um so obviously we know that this would have to be a company making these guitars, right? um which is fine. Uh and they would have to be, you know, very specific thing. Now, here's where the issue is. Like so I started looking into it. The material they have selected is 7075 aluminum. Okay. Now, the frets are one piece. They're not attached to this. They're literally made out of aluminum. Um mm-hmm. if you don't know anything about metallurgy, aluminum is really soft. Yeah. Okay. And so I went onto their uh, YouTube video for this and I looked in the comments and there were a couple of people like, yeah, actually the guitar sounds pretty cool because they have a prototype and they're showing the video and they're, they're kind of doing a Kickstarter. They're looking to get some money, investment money. And I laughed and I put in the comments and I said, you're really seriously considering making this out of aluminum. Uh, I mean, I get the weight part of it, but you can't really make frets out of aluminum. Um, that's not gonna last more than a year or two with a heavy-handed player. And they're like, well, it'll last uh, they basically in the video comments they suggest that it should it should um survive like three or four three or four fret crown uh, polishes and levels. And I'm going, uh crown level and polish three times? I mean, this guitar wouldn't last a year with me. Uh, <laughs> I mean, honestly, like you're out of your mind. Um, And I think they're just kind of thinking, well, you'll just pull the piece of aluminum out and throw it away and then put a new one on. And I'm going, no one's going to do that. (laughs) Like you don't know musicians. We don't want to tamper with things. We want things to be exactly the same way that they always were. Um, It's the, what what we've talked to on this show is the Angus Young effect. (laughs) Okay. If you change the pot, (laughs) we're going to know. Okay. If you change, the um the amount of dust on our strings we will probably be able to point that out to you um so uh, i think if they did this with stainless or with like some sort of replaceable fret that would be a better option um i'm going to the youtube video now i'm hoping it will not play on the podcast because i want to be able to see the comments so as i scroll down here um somebody asked is there one made with stainless steel frets and they, regarding your doubts about the wear of frets the material has been chosen is sort of pro is zikrol which is a name for that type of aluminum yeah. um and it, they said it'll survive three or four fret levelings the wood has more than five millimeter which allows for more levelings with this um and this is not enough you can change the piece so in other words you can go you can make the fretboard thinner which yes. seems absolutely ludicrous to me to, yeah. k- to get <laughs> to make the price higher. Yeah. You're out of your mind. Yeah. <laughs> like that is not the way that a guitar works you know, or should work. You know who, you know who's
1: building this An engineer, you know, who's not building this a guitar player. That's, that's, that's what's going on here.
0: And, and And they did respond to me. I wasn't going to read it, but I am going to read it. And this is why I laugh. Because like zircon is an aeronautical alloy that in the in this case is strong enough for the entire life of a professional musician. This material is not as you're supposing. I have heard people say this about nickel frets. I can flatten nickel frets in a year. Yeah. It, it, it. I play four to six hours per day. Okay, and I have yep. a heavy hand, and I play with bigger gauge strings. That guitar. With aluminum frets, I don't care if it's aircraft-grade aluminum, it's not hard enough to sustain me. Period. This guitar will last no more at max three to four years. Period. I don't care what kind of treatment you're doing to the aluminum, there's no way in hell. Exactly. It's aluminum. It's still aluminum. And aluminum has a certain hardness. You would have to make it out of um, um, Uh, what do they call it Uh, like titanium I think even titanium softer or um, what's the other material my wedding ring is made out of it Uh, tungsten but see tungsten is so hard that it's brittle you can't you couldn't you couldn't shave it down like you couldn't you couldn't reshape it Um, and the only thing harder than tungsten I can think of is diamond so (laughs) um, I, I they should have built this out of stainless period it should be stainless. Yeah. That means the metal, the metal part, because it right, like it's heavy. All right, I get it. They don't want to make it a stainless because stainless is heavy. Make it as thin as you can. That's all you can do. Then maybe this will work. I will say this. I was really impressed with the guitar and the clips, but it kind of struck me as the um the speaker sounds best right before it's about to blow up. <laughs> kind of thing. Um, it had a very even response. Um And it had good temperament. Like it sounded like it was very in tune and it sounded like it had a lot of sustain. Um, But again, you'd have to have major manufacturers eventually buy into this idea, uh, which I don't think is going to happen. This is not a cost effective product. Uh, If you've ever had anything milled, you'll know immediately that milling, milling anything is expensive um, because it takes hours. I mean, even with a CNC machine to make one of these would probably that the the, the piece before you even like make the frets out of it, um, would probably take, I would, I would say about an hour a piece on CNC because it will have to do a lot of fine motor cuts to make this happen. Um, not to mention that your normal 1980s, 1990s CNC apparatus is not going to be sufficient to do this. And if you've never worked in manufacturing, not every manufacturer on earth has a brand new CNC machine in their in their operation center. So that's like a whole thing. Um, a lot of the CNC equipment get, that gets used to make, you know, the stuff you see every day is twenty years old. I mean, right. or thirty years old. Um, CNC's been around for a long time now, folks. And uh, most most materials that are machined out of CNC stuff don't require super fine stuff like musical equipment does. Um, musical instruments really not so much equipment itself. Um, I think this is a cool idea. I just don't think this is the future of electric guitar. I'll be I'll be completely brutally honest with you. No, no. Um, it's a cool concept. I I could certainly see some of the elements of this getting um borrowed by some other manufacturer later. Um, at a licensing cost yep. that would that would certainly um certainly give nod to this like i could see somebody doing this and putting actual frets in it and just making sure the frets make contact with the metal um or even epoxying the frets to the metal um, so that there's good contact there um and then you know running a metal plate underneath your pickups yep um so it all connects to a single piece but i don't think this idea of like milling it all out of one you know one piece of metal is just realistic at all no. Um and if you bait it out of stainless, it wouldn't matter. You could do this all day long. The problem is the guitar would always be three thousand bucks.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so what's the point of it? Just get just get a decent I, fretboard and and either nickel frets or you know, whatever that you like the first time.
0: The same. I think I think the the value of this would be that you would have a thirty five hundred dollar or a three thousand dollar guitar like fancy guitar right um that would be consistently perfect yep and and repeatable um and it would not be one of these situations where like some of them are duds you know that's the problem with gibson is like they make 3500 dollars guitars that are some of them are spectacular and some of them are duds and yep. the duds sit and the spectacular ones go right out and right. i could certainly see this being that kind of problem solver right um, but again, there's always gonna be your purists so like, no, I want a guitar made out of wood. Um, and so I don't think this would be the kiss of death. And I think for companies like Fender Gibson that have that heritage, they're not gonna adopt this. They're never gonna look at this as the future of electric guitar. They're gonna look at this as a gimmick. Right. And so will guitar players. Because if because if one thing we know is that if Fender and Gibson aren't willing to adopt it, or one of their one of their sub brands isn't willing to adopt it, then forget it. It's never going to last. It's never going to take off. Um, Right. Which leads me to another thing. So on the topic of headless guitars for um, Strandberg, um, Jeff and I were talking today. uh, We figure Kiesel, ESP-LTD, not Kiesel, ESP-LTD, Schecter, uh, Ibanez, or somebody like that is going to come out with a headless guitar. Yeah, I was surprised um, not to see same. At Summer NAM, I ha- I have thrown my lot in. I think Ibanez will be the first.
1: Yeah,
0: um, I would not shock me to see Ibanez and Schechter do the same. Yeah, I was going to say time. I think Schecter, because um, I think Ibanez and Schechter are directly competing with one another. Yeah. I have some observations on both of those brands as well, or all three of those brands really. Um, but I think Ibanez is closest. We've talked about this on the show before. I think headless guitars are more of a have a have a more broad future in electric guitar because of the convenience it has a lot to do with um the fact that us millennials you know us not boomers um are not as concerned with how things look which we are concerned with how things look I, it's kind of a misnomer but the idea that like we don't really care where the guitar comes from um as long as it does the job it does really well the brand isn't important to us uh i think the headstock is a big part of branding it's a part of the look but if it's done right and executed well like Strandberg does, I think it has an iconic shape. And I think people are more in tune with that idea, especially my generation. Yeah. Um, these guitars aren't being designed to be sold to people above 40. I mean, they just aren't. Um, I know that's kind of strange for people to understand. Right. Um, and I think that's part of the reason why I'm nostalgic for them. So like, I'm nostalgic. That's part of the reason why I like headless instruments. I'm not even going to lie. Um, there are obviously the benefits and, and um, stuff to it. But the idea that, you know, like I always saw Strandbergs in movies like Bill and Ted and all that and stuff. And I was like, I will or not Strandbergs, but uh, Steinbergers. Steinbergers. And I was like, I always wanted one. So I actually bought a Steinberger Spirit a while back and it was garbage. Uh, worst guitar I've ever owned without a doubt. But it filled its purpose. Like I could take it and stick it at my desk at work. Yeah. Um, which is what I bought it for and uh so when i got the when i found out i bought that and i found out uh keys or kiesel while well, actually Carvin at the time was doing the alan holdsworth model i lusted after one of those for a really long time uh and i couldn't bring myself to buy one and then i saw that kiesel like i changed to kiesel and then i was investigating their website i was like oh metal guitars big deal and then one day i saw that they were doing metal headless guitars and i went okay now i'm interested um i'd seen strandberg on uh, YouTube, and I was like, "Yeah, these guitars are cool. they're probably out of the realm of affordability at the time they were a small builder um they were thirty five hundred and up um now they're in the thousand buck range, but that's for that's between thousand and and two thousand uh but the funny thing is you're gonna buy a thousand dollar court, which we've talked about that on the show before but i I think if Ibanez does it." I think you're going to see an 800 or $900 price tag attached. It's going to be like an iron label type guitar. So it's going to be nice bridge, uh, probably their own proprietary bridge, which would be the reason why they're, uh, they didn't come out with these at winter Is They're probably working on machining parts. Um, It's going to have, you know, basically all the features the other guys have got. Um, They're all looking at Kiesel right now, which is pretty crazy. Uh, Kiesel used to be the one that looked at them. and so they're going to try to do what Kiesel is doing. Cause I think even over Strandberg right now, I think Kiesel is probably the leader in the headless stuff. There, there's a love or hate thing with Strandberg. Um, a lot more than I feel like there's a love or hate thing with Kiesel, unless you bought one and gotten burned by Jeff Kiesel, right. which that'll be the way we close the show out because there's been some Kiesel news and it's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I mean, it is absolutely, I wish we could have talked about it last week because it is. I know, it's, it is dynamite it's, stuff. I yeah. mean, it doesn't get um, any better. So I think we should, we all be watching. I, if it doesn't happen at summer NAMM, it'll be winter Nam or summer NAMM next year. But within the next two years, major manufacturers are going to be doing headless guitars. It's going to happen. It's, it's inevitable. I am really shocked. It hasn't happened already. Um, when, when I just came out with the iron label series, that was basically, I've been saying, look, we can do what Kiesel does. Um, and then Schechter's done their own, like, iterations on it. Now, observations on these three brands that we just talked about. Ibanez, Schecter, and um, LTD ESP. ESP, LTD, which is the parent company, ESP? ESP? ESP. That's what I thought. Okay, so ESP. So I have some aesthetic issues with each of these brands. Um, Ibanez less so than the other two. But my aesthetic issues with Schechter. What the hell are you doing with your inlays? What are you doing? Have anybody looked at the inlays on Schecter's? On Schecter's? I mean, every single guitar has some sort of different, weird inlay. I don't want any of them. I don't want any of them. Give me an option to buy the guitar I want with no inlay, because I'm sorry. Yours are hideous. Really? they are hideous. Are
1: you sure you're speaking about the right one and not, not LPD?
0: No. I, I, Ltd's like oh yeah you're right fine yeah <laughs> he's like oh yeah you're right well
1: this guitar research solo two is too bad it's got like block inlays
0: yeah but like okay so I'm pulling up their thing because I want to talk about it. so like the C one that like the one that I'm seeing on uh, on their site on uh, uh, I'm looking at uh, Sweetwater um, oh my the god one here the evil twin look it's got it's got uh, roman numeral inlays yeah, i mean i can't I make this up this is nuts well remember like
1: remember the one that had uh the the girl in different poses yes all the way up it that
0: came from the back of like a white
1: trash guitar or i mean the uh, schecter
0: damien the schecter damien <laughs> platinum six has bats Now, if you remember, PRS did a guitar for Paul Allender of Cradle of Filth. That's right. With bats. Bats. Yep. It was absolutely stupid. And it was like, who's going to buy this? Unless you're in Cradle of Filth, you don't want this. Um, (laughs) I'm sure they sold a ton of them, but not to me uh, and not to many of the people I talk to. Um, And I see a lot of guitars in their line has like offset dots, which are okay um they have like the tabs that's another popular one um they've done the electric symbol at the 12th fret on some guitars yep. <laughs> which is like why i mean i honestly like dots trapezoids or go home like there's no reason to do anything else um unless you're like going for a very specific aesthetic and you're going to do it across the line i would not i would not uh i mean I, I cannot tell you how many guitars I'm looking at right now. They have Roman numeral inlays on them. What are you thinking? What um, are you thinking? They don't yeah. even, they don't. All right. So you can't even read them unless the guitar is hanging up. Like they don't even pass uh, Ryan Burke's uh, uh, guitar art test. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's like, oh, well we can, so we're going to that, that. That's what I get from this. Well, we can, so we're going to, Um, we can, we can do all kinds of weird inlays. The Omen
1: extreme is too bad
0: pointy Schechter s1 exotic natural satan uh not satan satin of course um i made a joke anyway uh it has like these like tree of life looking inlays on it yeah and it just does not fit the guitar like not every guitar needs tree of life inlay or like a rose bush or um i think i don't remember who it was i think it was warrior guitars that did the last supper as an inlay Oh yeah! The entire length of the neck was the Last Supper, and I just looked at it. and I went, "That's yeah, the ultimate praise and worship guitar right there." Like, are- I don't know what else you're gonna play that in. Um, but some, I think, like somebody like Warrior doing that. It's it's guitar art. They're not intending this thing to be played. But Schechter does it, and it's just it's just trashy. This is like Trailer Park guitars. That's what it is. Yeah, like. They're, they're some of them are trashy and some of them that make to be destined to be in trailer parks. That's basically what it is. That's pretty much it. Oh. Um, and LTD ESP doesn't do this. I don't, I don't a big fan of all their guitars either, but I mean, like I look at, um, I look at some of their stuff and I'm like, it totally makes sense. Like your guitars are cool. You know? Yeah. Um, the EC1000 series like, huh? is a nice set. The, the, um, you
1: know, they do, a they do a lot of nice, uh, Nice
0: guitars. so they do uh they have a, a seven string viper which i'm yep. very interested in i think it's a basswood body though which probably pretty much kills it for me but um they do a seven string viper and it's black on black so it's like ebony with a black body but the dumb part about it is it's got an inlay of some sort and i'm like you you almost had the perfect like black on black thing. And now you put an inlay on it. Why? Yeah. Why would you put an inlay? You just soiled this guitar. Like it would have been fine. It would have made sense aesthetically, but now we have to put a dumb inlay on it just because
2: yeah uh, um
0: who makes that's, that's uh
1: it looks LP, like um, it uh, ESP good. LTD is going away from the EMGs on yeah. a lot of them and going towards uh, putting fluences. In
0: yeah i a lot of companies are that's that's a kind of a modern thing oh by the way that that seven string viper is a baritone yeah like wh- <laughs> hold on hold on seven string baritone who is this guitar for is it for bass players <laughs> i mean <laughs> i know that's kind of a little
1: specialized
0: and and actually this is the one that I think that I was talking about. It does not have an inlay, but I I know I've seen another one that was all blacked out. It's only got one pickup. Yep. And uh the funny part is this is like an $800 guitar under the ESP label, which is fine, I guess. Um I think they still do make the Viper over at ESP as well.
2: Yep.
0: Um but they're quite expensive to get one. Um and that's another thing I talked to uh Jeff about today. It's like ESP, what is their deal? They they have like the LTD line, which is like inexpensive stuff. And then they have the E2 line, which is like moderately priced stuff, like production stuff. And now to get an actual ESP, you got to spend like four grand. It's crazy. I mean, it's not like people are clamoring to get a $4,000 ESP. That's nope. That's not happening. So use your brand power rebrand the e2 line to esp it needs to be you need to have a, a a production line i'm sorry um that's that's my opinion and i'm sticking to it so um along with all of this right headless guitar craze um modern guitars and all that thing uh what there was another we were going to make a segue there was something i said that we'd come back to Do you remember what it was jim was regards to like when did that happen? It was something in the last like five ten minutes of the conversation.
2: You were talking about
0: the Kiesel, oh Kiesel, and the and the, the lawsuit. Ah, we're about to end the show. Yeah, this is the perfect thing to end on. Yeah, this is Jim. This is a good one. Have you heard about the Gibson lawsuit against Kiesel? Have you heard the news? Have you heard the good we're gonna news? Start, we're going to start about the easy <laughs> one, right? The Gibson <laughs> lawsuit is, against Kiesel. This is so, ridiculous. Kiesel makes the mini V or whatever, like, which is their version of a a V shape guitar, Right. Um, which we all know that the flying V was probably the first V shape guitar. Right. Um, I'm going to pull up their website right now because I want to take a look at the models while we're talking about this. So here's the, the distinct differences between their V and Gibson's V. And they're pretty significant because we already know Jackson won a lawsuit against Gibson many, many years ago when they created the, uh, um, the Jackson V. I don't know if it was a lawsuit, but basically they said a lot of court or, yeah. or something. Cause it, cause there was a, like a, a thing going back and forth between Grover Jackson and them. Um and one of the things that came up was that their their King V was like offset. Um it, that one of the horns was shorter than the other. And I don't see the V on their list of guitars here right and Oh, here it is. Ultra V. Okay. And they're doing a reissue V series guitars, but they're gonna add a horn or something. Oh no. They're still here. Okay, so apparently you can get these at the horn or something. Um, it the Or the picture's messed up on their site. So the lower horn on these is offset. Um, the body is not symmetrical. Nope. It would appear that the lower area where your hand would touch the body is actually uh, a slightly different shape than the upper part. Yep. Okay. Uh, the headstock has staggered tuning machines. They are three per side. Um, it is a Kiesel headstock design. Uh, and there is a bit of an angle bevel across all of the instrument, like all the way around the, the edges of the body. Yep. Um, the headstock matches the body paint wise. Uh, you have your typical like uh, two to max out bridge with through body uh, strings, but they're straight. They're not in a V. Okay. So flash forward. So Gibson suing, Right. Um, I don't think Gibson's lawsuit is going to go anywhere. I think right, it's more or less to protect their intellectual property and try to establish dominance. Right. They're hoping that by sending a letter that maybe Kiesel would consider like being like, hell no, we're not going to do this. Well, little do they know that they're dealing with the biggest jackass in guitar production right now. And Jeff Kiesel is like, no, we're going to keep making these. You can go to hell. We're going to take you to court and we're going to win. Right. And I have a feeling Kiesel has enough money in the war chest right now from the sales boom that they've been seeing the last couple of years to actually take them to court and win. Um. Because Gibson is the evil empire and Gibson has got all these frivolous lawsuits flying around. And I have a feeling this is going to go very badly for Gibson. Right. Um, and, and Gibson may fold and say, no, we're not going to take him to court. Right. You know, we'll just, we'll walk away. Or maybe there's a discussion about licensing visas going on be, uh, behind the scenes that we're not seeing. Um, di- they shouldn't be licensing this design. This is very much like, yeah, it's a V style guitar. If you really want to have Gibson own every V style guitar on earth, Yes, this would apply, but because it has enough distinct design differences to like, you know, stack up against something like, uh, let's say, you know, Randy Rhodes v, um V. I think this is same kind of territory um, now. So I saw the live stream where he took one of these and he chopped the headstock off of it and it's like, now we're going to make a headless version. Yeah, And I think they actually are going to make a headless version of this. Right. Uh, I think that was kind of a nod to the fact that we're, we're so not going to stop making this that we're actually going to make another one. We're going to make – yeah, um, we're going to make a hold. Which actually in his defense, like for a sales pur- – for sales purposes, this is a genius move because like what's going to happen is everybody's going to look at this and they're going to go, Gibson's going to win. And we're going we're to have to buy one of these guitars so we can have the lawsuit guitar. Right. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's what's going to happen. Right. So I think a lot of people are going to jump in and say, I want that like weird one-off thing that happened one time. Now, that's the Gibson lawsuit in a nutshell, right? So, <sighs> Harley Benton makes a guitar. <laughs> uh, Harley Benton makes many guitars that look like other people's guitars, right? That's right. Um, that's what they do. They make a guitar called the, um, uh, what is it, the doula which is a headless guitar. Yeah. And uh, it's an inexpensive stainless steel fretted bolt on headless guitar. And it looks kind of like an Osiris, which is another Kiesel model. So Jeff Kiesel has announced that he's suing Harley Benton. Yeah. Um, because they have knocked off his guitar. And. Honestly, like this is where Jeff Kiesel is being Jeff Kiesel to the extreme, because I look, I, I, He's such a used car salesman. Like I, I, I Gibson is evil because Gibson is evil because they're, they're suing us because we have a guitar that's similar to one of your guitars. And, and Harley bent is evil because they have a guitar that looks like one of our guitars. Like, wait, this is like the big fish eating the, the medium sized fish, which is also eating the small fish. That's yeah. what this is. Yeah. And, um, and I think, uh honestly, if you had to pick sides in this, I would think that like, I I still kind of am on the side of Kiesel with this. And it's only because like, this is an obvious, obvious knockoff of an Osiris. Like they did very little, like the bevel and all that stuff. And then they put like kind of pseudo fake Strandberg hardware on it. Um, which is the only design aesthetic choice that they could probably make given the the Chinese parts, um, that are available. Um, Jimmy, are, can you, uh, are you able to pull up a picture of the Harley Benton Dullahan? Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Because cause I'd like to get your comments on it.
2: Okay. Looking for the Dullahan? Dullahan. It's D-U-L-L. Oh, 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 yeah, I know. I, I remember
0: that. Now, I happen to know that someone in our group is buying one of these lovely guitars. So I'm very, very curious as to how it plays. Um, I've actually been considering buying one as well. Um, Which one do you buy? Um, the FT
1: or the AT? Uh,
0: they're all the same. I mean, they have different appointments. The, the FT, I think, has a uh, oh, okay, uh, flame top. The AT, I'm looking at that. 366 bucks. The, bevel. the AT has the bevel. They're $366. Stainless steel frets. Quality bolt-on construction uh, with a with a sculpted heel um i don't like the control arrangement which is i'm told it's like straight out of uh strandberg territory um i haven't really compared but essentially what these guitars are, are is a complete knockoff of the kiesel like style of headless guitar for Strandbergish hardware um do i think there should be a case here no i mean honestly like if you buy one of these you're buying it because you can't afford a kiesel and kiesel shouldn't be mad about that they should be encouraging that right because that gives them something to pine for That's right. like that makes the, look what made kiesel and Carvin famous was the catalog yep. jim when you were a kid did you get the catalog oh yes i did did you stare at it i look it like, at it for, was it like victoria's secret for today's was, kids Is it, was, that what, it was exactly today's like boys seriously Oh my gosh, um, and like that, they have they don't have that status right now, right? right. Of like getting this catalog that people want to physically look at, right, stare right. at, and and um, you know, they cut out the pictures and put them on their wall and stuff. Um, oh, you know what's funny?
1: If you look closely at the pictures from the Tolman website, they yeah. have a they have a watermark on their on their pictures. I, didn't yeah. notice I, I yeah, just noticed that. Yeah, they do. They
0: do. Which is hilarious because, like, who's going to steal a Harley Benton picture? Yeah, like for real. I mean, I I want a Harley Benton picture to put on my website. I mean, yeah, uh, right. That's exactly what I was about to say. Rolling my eyes, like, seriously, Toman. Um, I hopefully this is a cool guitar. I think I, I think uh, there's definitely a market for it. This is a very inexpensive headless guitar. I, you know, um, yes,
1: it's inexpensive for a headless guitar. Am I going to buy it just to try it? No freaking way. $366 is a little too much money for me to throw is at this
0: it to an, go I don't know. Is this an indicator of whether you would buy a headless guitar normally though if you buy this? I mean yeah. I don't think so. No. I, I don't think it is. No. I think it's I think this is the guitar you get so that you can pine after the other one. Like the, right. the Epiphone less Paul so you can still look at the Gibson and go someday. Right. Um right. and I mean, honestly, most people that have Gibson Les Pauls nowadays who have bought in the last 10 years, you know, and are kind of like younger guitar players, they probably had an Epiphone Les Paul before they got their, their Gibson. Yeah. And if you ask them, I think a lot of people will tell you. I had another guitar and I always pined after a Gibson Les Paul and so that's what I bought. Um. I think well, uh, some of the
1: things we're, we're starting to get into, there's a danger, a dangerous thing that's starting to happen. right? And that is that we're starting to see um and when i say dangerous i mean dangerous for the companies that charge money more money for guitars when you've got um guitar channels that are touting the fireflies so much that the yeah. fireflies don't you can't even get them in stock there's and people are so curious about them it's not because they really want them they just i as a musical instrument they want them because they're cheap they're cheap and and so now they're willing to pay a premium to a person that bought one who's now reselling
0: it new in a box are you a you're you work in a guitar store i'm not going to ask are you a that's a stupid question (laughs) um how many guys do you see come in there that buy like squires and squire classic vibes who have decent money yep. but they have like 30 squires and squire yeah, yeah uh,
1: they're actually people who will come in and they're looking for the deals they're looking for the the lowest common denominator guitars just like you're talking about and and um a they lot of
0: the one that the special.
1: That's right. They're they're looking at the low, not the bullets and the affinities. They're looking at the but like the lower tier, right? That Squire Classic vibe, right? And the um and especially in the used one. when they come in, they're gone. They're
0: going, Yeah. So, question, Jim. Um, of these people, yeah. How? What do you think their age range is? Well, believe it or not, they're close to my age. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. They're usually a little bit more in the know. It seems like, yeah. but. But the weird thing is people act like um, – when you see a guy that has, has like, 50 cases, right? Because you'll see those pictures. Like, here's my guitar collection. There's, like, 50 cases yeah. sitting there. Don't assume that the guitars inside those 50 cases are, like, fancy. Right. I mean, more often than not, that's the guy that's got, like, 50 squires. Yep. Okay? Which, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, or bad thing, but I tend to be the guy that's like, I'd rather have five nice guitars than 50 crappy ones. Right, right. Or inex- and I say crappy, but what I really mean is inexpensive guitars, because I've obviously played some Squires that would give some of my higher-end stuff a run for the money. Right. Um. But I'm just, I'm a player, first and foremost, and not a collector, so I buy what I use. Yeah. Um, and I just feel like this is the, the Harley Benton thing the explosion with that the firefly uh, we had guitar max on the show who's great interview by the way um go back and listen to that one if you haven't heard it yep. um and those there's definitely like a subculture of of youtube guys who are like and and it, it it kind of feeds into that millennial mindset which is that we don't really care what brand it is as long as it you know as long as it delivers the goods um th- Brands like Harley Benton fit that bill. Right. Yep. Um, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you shouldn't buy Harley Benton. I I'm not that person, but I will tell you that Harley Benton is still like not the preferred guitar brand that I would buy. Okay. Right. Um, I, one of these is really attractive to me because I think as a backup guitar, this is not a bad deal. Right. Um, but I wouldn't buy this as a primary instrument, and I think the the misnomer with the guys that are doing the collecting thing—it's like they they use every one of those guitars once a day for you know like once a day of a year, you know. Um, but anybody can have a collection of fifty guitars if you're only paying like you know peanuts for it, right? Um, so it's just a it's just a dichotomy. You gotta you gotta balance it. Right. And actually, the guy with the the guy with the fifty guitars probably spends less money on gear than you do. Yeah. Or like than I do. Our show listeners, not that you <laughs> specifically, but I mean like our show listeners. Yeah. And I mean and I mean that in the sin- sincerest sense because they're not going into debt to buy a guitar. No. No. Every nope. guitar they bought, it's bought free and clear. What? I, yeah. What I
1: was about to say is what I spend on Taco Bell in a week, or what I spend on you know, uh, Chick fil A, whatever, um, fast food. They're spending on a guitar in a week and and it's okay. We talked about that earlier, right? Well, I think, was it on the show or right before the show? I was saying yeah, there's, exactly. I could not afford to smoke or drink. That was right before the show yeah, or do drugs because, because yeah, we spend it all on gear. I can't, aff- I, right. I spend every bit yeah. of that on gear. I could never afford to do those kids. So I, I say, okay, you know what? I don't want to take those things. I'm going to, I'm going to spend that money that I would spend a beer um, on um, or whatever, on um, that, on a, on a gear, uh, you know. So I can afford to buy a flange, uh, the MXR flange Phase 90 <laughs> script. Um,
0: at, at the drop That's of a why hat. pedals are. That's why pedals are a dangerous territory, though. They because, are. And and that's why there are pedal collectors now because those guys generally have like two or three good guitars, but then they have like fifty pedals. Oh, yeah. and it's because. That's their crack, right? Right. And I mean that in the absolute, like, derogatory sense of the word, because that's your crack. You're yeah. addicted to buying the inexpensive thing because it makes you feel really good up front. Yeah. I uh, and I'm going to I'm very- going to make some people mad. Probably some of our Patreon supporters are not going to be happy when they said this. But the guys I know that have fifty pedals, they don't know how to use but three of them right. because they've never spent any time with the other forty-seven pedals they have. That's not, yeah, not calling know. everybody out. That's just There's one guy that's just the people I know. There's one guy in our Patreon group that has a lot of pedals and he knows his stuff. Um, but I know that there's a lot of other dudes I know He's like, well, you know, this drive does this and this and whatever. And it's like, how do you set it? Well, it just depends on what I'm doing. Like, they they don't really have any in depth knowledge of what of what their stuff does. Um, and that's why like That was part of the reason behind the Year of No Gear, when we talked about doing that, was to learn to use what I have, because I was doing that. I was on pedal crack. I would buy pedals and not play around with them enough to actually know how to use them. Yeah. True story.
1: Yeah, agreed. I'm currently on the pedal crack thing coming off of it. Hopefully. (laughs) Well, yeah, you can only – well, that's the thing, though. You can only have so many – yeah, you can only have so many. Like, I, I still don't understand. I understand stacking drive stages. I really do. Stacking drives, stacking. Drives. I really do. But you can only stack so many of them. And
0: at some point. Well, and they stop. They start sounding bad after like two or three. Right.
1: They stop sounding good and start sounding bad because now you've just turned. Um, you're just clipping. Right. Exactly. All the hell. I mean. But now you're um, clipping your clips and clipping, clip, clip, clips. And it's kind of exactly. like going in and getting a haircut until you're finally bald. I mean, at some point you're just bald right, basically. and there's no more hair sure. to clip.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah. Just saying. Yeah. Well, hopefully I don't head that way that fast. Yeah. Um, we have a similar hairline. by the way. Yeah. Mine's receding as the show goes on. <laughs> I think Jim's audio quality is causing my hair to fall out. <laughs> um, I didn't want to address that. I've had a couple of people reach out to me about Jim's audio quality right now. Jim's got, he's between computers. He's, his computer that he's using right now is starting to like fail on him. It literally and makes the fan noise, noise is so loud no and it's loud doing so it? weird and I think it's actually like magnetically being picked up by the wire yeah. for his other microphone. Yep. And so because of that, we've had to switch back to the AT twenty twenty, which picks up a lot more room noise. Yep. Um so I've been doing my best to fix it in post. You're just gonna bear with us until until uh Jim can get his computer Hopefully when Dave out. gets
1: down here, David'll David'll help me get this
0: yeah, Jim treatment. will go to work one day and then he'll laugh because he'll come home and I'll put up all the treatment and be like, all right, no more, no more screwing around. Um yeah. Believe it or not, that actually came up today. I was like, Yeah, I was gonna sneak in and do that. Um and not tell him like get up in the like in the middle of the night or something and yeah. go like how did all this acoustic foam get up here? Um I still
1: don't know. I, I know I can buy those like those pins that you use to pin? put it up. Yeah, I just gotta buy some.
0: Yeah, uh, Staples, but I don't even know if Staples is open anymore. We don't have Staples
1: down here. I think.
0: Yeah, like, I think they only place Lowe's at or
1: Home Depot if they have them.
0: Yeah, you might be I'm, able to get some there. Probably just, just order from, from Amazon. Amazon. Yeah, have yeah. them here. Um, what was I going to say? There was something else. Um, I might try yeah, an SM fifty seven. Might just try an S- it. S- it, S- might, it, might, uh, it might. It might. It might. It might pick your voice up like perfectly and not get all the reflection in the room. Yeah, because uh, there is a really tight patterns yeah i know a lot of podcasters go to like really fancy condensers and then end up back at sm57s at the end of the day because yeah. the tight that tight pattern yeah. um so anyway uh yeah i think we're i think we've covered a lot of stuff tonight yeah. i think we guys can give you a break we can give our listeners a break yeah. and i say guys but i mean that in this the human being plural yes um i'm gonna give you guys a break we've we've been just all night long and um Yeah, I've been a practical guitarist. I have been a practical guitarist.
1: I've been an impractical
0: (laughs) (laughs) And tonight, we've been... The practical guitarist. The guitarist? Yeah, I I think I screwed this whole thing up. We just just botched it. Have a nice night, everybody. Yep.